0: You didn't know your ass better call somebody.
1: gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages the redhead zone proudly brings to you the new age footballer. footballer? I'm i'm jay he's dustin that's my line and for the dozens and dozens of the redhead zone and new age footballers fans out there i'm jay he's the gridiron g dustin in the macho man shirt just uh follow up on the tank I was wearing last week. Dustin, we finished AFC. We're going to dive into the NFC today for the draft recap. You ready?
2: I was born ready, baby.
1: All right. Well, listen, I think uh, we talked about it last time. And we're definitely going to talk about them more now. But we got to talk about a little more Aaron Rodgers news as it comes in. Because it's definitely the most exciting story in the NFL right now. Uh, they are... They did try out Blake Bortles. You know, Dustin. You and I were texting, and I just said, you know, I just I don't see Green Bay rolling over here. They're either gonna let him retire or they're gonna figure something out to patch things up. I just I really don't think they're gonna trade him. Why are they working out Blake Bortles if they have Jordan Love on the roster?
2: It seems to me they have to prepare for the worst, and that worst being Aaron Rodgers will not be here. Uh, it looks like. There's a very small percent percentage that uh, you would say, he, if maybe 0% that he is going to be back. I don't I don't know how they're going to fix this. He, he pretty much looks like he's made up his mind. Uh, now, when we were texting, I also sent the message. Now, Devontae Adams saying he has to rethink what he's doing there. Oh, man. Listen, with – With no Aaron Rodgers, this team is plummeting, let's face it. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, He's made it very clear he wants to have the GM, Guttenkund, fired before he comes back or even thinks about coming back. I know they offered him a max deal. Um, I mean, I've said it time and time again. This team has done nothing to put them in a position to help Aaron Rodgers get over the hump. Being getting over the hump, I mean, let's face it, in the last 10 years, they've been to the NFC Championship game four times. They dropped all four. Obviously, they have not been back to a Super Bowl since they won the Super Bowl. The losses that they had in the NFC uh, Championship games were very lopsided losses. Embarrassing. Um, embarrassing losses to Atlanta, and I think San Francisco was the other one. Um, last year, they lost the NFC Championship yet again, and they're blaming this basically that Scotty Miller touchdown changed the way this team drafted, Changed pretty much uh, Aaron Rodgers' outlook on where he wants to play and also got their defensive coordinator fired. Uh, I think that's the reason why they went with cornerback and first pick this year in the draft. It's just a complete fumble on this on this organization. I think this organization has been uh, overhyped in a sense of the way they the way they do business. I don't think they, like I said, time and time again, they have not drafted a receiver in the first three rounds in the last eight years. They haven't signed anybody in the last eight years. It's just not an attractive place. And he obviously is fed up. And listen, everyone knows that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the greatest reputation as a person. Um, but this this is just, I think at this point, he's just fed up. And I will, wait, I will say one thing about Aaron Rodgers. Um, it seems to me that he he's not, for as good as he is and for as many accolades he's accomplished in the NFL, I don't see him being a leader type. So I think a lot of the stuff that's happened to him as, as the quarterback and the franchise and the face of this team for the last decade and whatever, decade and a half, whatever it's been, it's almost as if, they kind of stepped all over him because he's allowed it. Because you can't tell me that the quarterbacks that we've seen, like Tom Brady and Drew Brees and guys like that, they probably wouldn't allow things like this to happen with not res- signing receivers or t- or tight ends or playmakers or drafting. I
1: don't, well, they also have franchises that work together with them.
2: I don't know. I just I I feel like he's just been stepped all over, and this is his tipping point.
1: Listen I've said it a few times I'll say it again I think Rodgers is probably a dick and I think that that might cause a team to be like hey we don't care what he says let's do what we think is best for the team I just don't think that they've been doing what's best for the team but we'll talk about them more uh you know as we get since we are see You know if you asked me before the Blake Bortles workout I actually I was thinking, yes, I was, I was like 55, 45. Yes. That I think they're going to work it out. I don't think they're going to trade them. They'll throw money at them. They'll do what they have to do to keep him here. At least one more year, man, if they're working out Blake Bortles, I mean, sure they could just be being careful, but it seems like now they're actually going to sign him. They're not going into the season with Rogers as the starter. Love as the backup and Bortles as your third stringer. That's just not going to happen. So they're, they're not going to carry three quarterbacks like that. So If they sign him, I'm flipping. I I think he is not – I think Rodgers is not going to be starting for the Packers this year, which is just bonkers. I mean, even after everything we've heard, it's just crazy.
2: Can you imagine if he's not at Jordan Love as the starter week one? That kid is going to get booed out of the building.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I mean, he's – You know, they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and just obviously the handling of this whole situation was just about as bad as it can be. I mean, if he's not like Patrick Mahomes on day one, you're right. He is. He's going to get booed. I mean, the and and, right, and and rightfully so. The fans demand that they have it, their Hall of Famer there week one. And if he's not, it's it's not Jordan Love's fault, but it's the team's fault, and that's how they're going to let them know. So I think Love has uh, – listen, I, I hope he's got the, the – uh, what's Vince McMahon used to call them? The grapefruits. The grapefruits to uh, overcome because he is going to be starting behind the eight ball for sure, at least from a mental standpoint of just trying to come in and and just trying to come in and be Rogers' replacement. All right, let's save the rest of the Packers talk for that. Uh, Other lesser updates, not as big a story as – Rodgers, well, one of these might be a bigger story. Uh, The Colts signed Eric Fisher. You know, we've been talking about that, that they needed to. Although now I'm hearing, which I guess I should have suspected, given his injury and the timing of it, that he may not be ready until, you know, November, something like that. So I still don't know what the Colts are going to do at left tackle. Uh, I guess they're going to muscle through with uh, Sam Tev. I'd left tackle until Eric Fisher gets healthy, if he gets healthy, which I think is a very dangerous game to play. The other news Timothy Tebow back in the NFL nine years later. He finally agreed to convert to the tight end position and be a backup in Jacksonville. A lot of people are really up in arms about this. What do you think of this signing, Dustin? Hey, Tim Tebow in the NFL is a better NFL for me. <laughs> it's my favorite player even
2: though he burned us in the playoff game when he was a bronco uh I love it I love team tim, tim tebow is one of my favorite players one of my favorite people in the world i think he's great for anything he does college uh, sports talk uh being a player whatever he is he's just awesome for the game uh, he's gonna bring a lot of excitement to that team and i'm i'm I think this is awesome I want to see how he plays the tight I mean, he also played baseball for the Mets. I thought that was cool. Never made it to the big leagues, really. Uh, we didn't think he would. But I'm excited. I, th- I, don't, I don't know if he'll make the team, but we'll see what happens.
1: Well, I mean, they signed him. I'd be surprised if he doesn't make the team at this point. It's not like they uh, have a lot of strong tight ends in Jacksonville. Look, I can tell you as a University of Florida uh, graduate myself that just that area, uh, even Jacksonville, is just nuts over Tim Tebow. The The Jacksonville crowd likes the Gators more than they like the Jaguars. I promise you that. And everyone there just adores this man. So I think he's going to help sell tickets, which is like kind of hard to – it's weird to say it that way because he just drafted Trevor Lawrence. But I, I do think he's going to uh, help increase the fan base there, get more eyes on them. You know, I'm not sure it's the kind of eyes you want. I mean, listen, as – Jets fan like I know what having Tebow even as a backup on your team does it brings the media circus with it that's not Tebow's fault but that's just the reality of the situation I I think a lot of things that you know what I heard a lot and why people are upset about the signing is because they do think it could be a bit of a publicity stunt and it's you know it probably is he's probably not good enough realistically to be on an NFL roster as a backup tight end and you're taking that spot from probably an undrafted free agent or seventh round pick kind of type, and someone that could really use that job and may even become a player. You know, here's what I think though. I'll add this one thing: he may be the backup tight end. That's not all he's going to be playing. He'll be he'll get some goal line packages and just look. It's Tim Tebow. Somehow, some way, he's going to be playing some quarterback. It's just going to happen. I know they drafted Trevor Lawrence. I would take odds right now that he somehow, some way, you know, I, I want to know what the over-under is on his quarterback snaps. I'm sure that's not a real bet, but he's going to be taking quarterback snaps this year. I promise probably, Right?
2: I mean, he'll probably run his little jump pass on the goal line. Uh, he was famous for that in Gainesville. But back to what you were saying about him taking someone's spot, I mean, let's face it, Tim Tebow's earned the right to take that spot. I mean, he's probably – in, in, my, in my eyes, he was the most exciting college football player I've ever seen. And I just, I love everything about Tim Teva. I love what he stands for. Uh, his leadership in the locker room, what he can bring to mentor. As far as his work ethic, there's not one ounce of that guy's body where he's not going to go 110%. So the players that are in that locker room should feel fortunate to have a teammate like that. So I, I, I think he's earned the right to have that spot. Outside of the talent and outside of maybe him not being able to shoot up as a tight end and learning on the fly, as opposed to someone who's coming out of college undrafted, he has a lot more to offer than someone who probably won't even step on the field. So I think that's complete bullcrap if anyone thinks he doesn't deserve that spot.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, I would have loved to see him make this move to tight end, you know, after maybe a year after the Broncos let him go. And it was just clear that the quarterback thing was not going to work out.
2: Wasn't Um, clear.
1: What? It
2: was not clear.
1: Well, when the Jets signed him, they basically killed his career. So, uh, you know, that was unfortunate that as a Jets fan and a Tebow fan, I had to watch that thing blow up together. But, you know, look, I I hear you. I love Tebow the person. Uh, I love Tebow the player. I don't really think he's good enough to be a backup tight end, but I think it'll be interesting to see what Urban Meyer does with him. Here's the last point I'll say on it. I I think it's an indictment a little bit of Urban Meyer, you know, urban you're in the NFL. Now you can't just do whatever you want and just be like, Oh, I'm at a powerhouse, you know, organization or powerhouse school and I'm going to make it work. There's only 53 players on the team and you could only, you know, obviously dress so many players on game day. So you know, we'll see, but like those spots are very valuable. And if Tebow's on the team and he's not actually providing something, you know, again, uh, w- we'll see. I- I'm a little torn on how Urban's going to work out in the NFL. I think everyone is obviously a little torn and interested to see how it's going to work out. This to me wasn't such a great sign, but we'll see. It
2: could go either way. It could be you could kill him
1: if it doesn't work out. But if you start seeing the difference
2: in this team's attitude and everything else, you If they show you know Tebow Tebow being animated in any situation, I think you'll say this was a great sign.
1: So, okay, over under three point five touchdowns for Tebow this year, somehow, some way. I'm going over, baby. Yeah, I'll give him the over. He's he's going to get some goal line touches. You can't tell me it's not going to happen.
2: If Jesus wants to score a touchdown, Jesus.
1: (laughs) That's that's it. He's he's going to turn yards into touchdowns. That's what he does. So, all right, now that we've offended a few more people, that's all I got for the headlines. Let's just jump into these NFC teams, shall we? Let's jump in. Okay, we're going to start. We'll go in alphabetical order again like we did with the AFC. So we're starting with the Arizona Cardinals. First-round pick, Zavin Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. Second-round pick, Rondell Moore, wide receiver, Purdue. Uh, no third-round pick. Fourth round, they take Marco Wilson, cornerback out of Florida. You go to sixth round, they took an edge. Sixth round corner, seventh-round safety, seventh-round interior offensive lineman. I have nope. some thoughts. Dustin, what are yours?
2: Uh, Zavin Collins was a, a shock to some uh, at, as how early he went in the draft. Um, but this is just one of those picks where if you see what a guy can do and he fits the defense that you put on the field, then you make that pick. Uh, Zabin Collins is a gigantic human being. He's six foot four, 260 pounds, and he could cover with the best of them. So, I think he'll. Uh, they broke news today that they're allowed Jordan Hex to seek a trade, and Zayvon Collins has already been awarded the starting position as a linebacker. So, I'm excited for this pick. They obviously had him targeted and pinpointed on their board. Uh, I think it's a great pick. I'm happy with it. Uh, I think they made. They probably could have went to a different route with this pick, but again, if you have the guy pegged and he's there, you take.
1: Yeah, I look. I think news started to come out that morning of the, of that draft day, and you know, you usually can't really believe anything that you hear at that point. But there were rumblings that the Cardinals were zeroed in on Zayvon Collins, that they really wanted him, and yeah, you know, I hadn't projected to go like late, late first, maybe even early second, but hey, if you weren't going to get him next time around, if this is your guy, if you really believe in him, go for it. So, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And what I'll say is, you know, you took Isaiah Simmons last year. You know, I don't love the the back-to-back linebacker picks, if you could call Isaiah Simmons that. But what I will say is between Simmons and now Zayvon Collins, and, you know, you you throw someone like Buda Baker in there, I think they – their defense is very multiple. I, I, I think they have a very interesting skill set that can be moved all around. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. I, I think it could actually be really exciting to watch to have those kind of athletes kind of roaming around and playing different positions there. So, so I like it. What do you think of the Rondell Moore pick?
2: I love Rondell Moore. Uh, he kind of reminds me of like a miniature Steve Smith almost, which I don't like to compare anyone to
1: Steve Smith. Because yeah, I don't think that's it's a different. Hall of Famer right there.
2: Yes, but he, his attitude, and you know, this guy's only five foot seven. So, there's one thing if you ever watch a game film of a Purdue game, this guy is literally the toughest guy on the field, and he's trying to run through everyone that comes near him. So, I think he'll fit nice there. I was kind of hoping they went for an an explosive player like this to to jump on their offensive uh, wide receiver tree uh, simply because their wide receiver. To me, I love the the stack with Hopkins and Christian Kirk, and now they have A.J. Green. So with a guy like Rondell Moore and the ability that he has, you know, with him on the field, when all the attention is drawn to those guys, this is why they brought in Andy Isabella, and it hasn't worked out for them. So I think he's brought in to kind of take that spot where they can make plays to get him in uh, space and then watch out when he gets the ball. But I I did like the pick a lot. I was projecting them if I thought Jalen Wild would fall, fall a little bit, but he didn't. But this was a great pick in the second round. Great value.
1: Yeah, I think it was a good value. I I expect him to go a little higher in the second. I didn't expect him to be a first. Uh, You know, so if it was a little bit of a value or right on point, I I think it's a good fit for the team. They, you know, Kingsbury obviously likes to run a lot of four-wide sets. And, you know, you have Hopkins. Christian Kirk, I think, has been good but not great. Um, You know, a little inconsistent. I think that, like you said, the Andy Isabella's and the other guys they drafted just haven't really stepped up. And you don't really know what you're getting with A.J. Green. So if you want to run that offense, I think adding a player like Moore is very interesting. Obviously, the size can be a concern, but if he plays that angry, you know, hey, you could you can make up a few inches uh, with some anger. That's what she said anyway. Uh, the, uh, the, the only other things I have to say on this pick, Marco Wilson, who went to my alma mater in Florida. I thought this was a little bit of a reach. I didn't really love him in this spot. But, uh, but I actually, they took another corner later, Tay Gowan at UCF, that I thought was a pretty good value. You know, as I, for the actually, rest I of them, like
2: him better than Marco Wilson, actually.
1: Yeah, me, me too. I had him going higher too. And, and I think that's what I've seen a lot in the, you know, online draft community that I guess you and I are, are now part of. So, uh, you know, hey, take them both. And you if know, you like them both, see what happens.
2: You know what Marco Wilson's famous for?
1: No. He's the one that threw the shoe. Oh, that's him. That's I ah, oh, that was awful. If if you don't know, he threw a shoe on like a third or fourth down That when they were about to get off the field and it kept the offense on the field and it cost Gators the game and their season. Wow. I forgot that was him. And now I hate this pick.
2: He's an erratic
1: player. He's got some bait.
2: Aside from the shoe,
1: the shoe incident, uh, <clears throat> I read a little bit more about him, and they should, they should do say that uh, he's got some character flaws. So, but he is yeah, he fantastic. really did at Florida. I'm kind of it's all coming back to me now. He and, and by the way, he was a very inconsistent player yeah. at Florida. You would see him make a great play, and then you would see him get picked on two or three plays in a row. So it's all kind of coming back to me now. I tried to block it out after uh, shoe gate, but whatever. What'd you grade them?
2: Uh, I I like the. The first-round pick in Zayven Collins with the, the ability of his, uh, I didn't mention it before, but his vision is, is exceptional. So also, with the size that he is, um, I thought he was probably the second-best linebacker in this class behind Micah Parsons, but they're kind okay. of different in the uh, sense of what they offer. Uh, Rondell Moore, I, I do love at Purdue. So those are my favorite picks, obviously. They didn't have a third rounder. I do like Tate Allen as a dark throw later in the draft. I think that'll make up the Marco Wilson if that doesn't work out. So overall, I gave them a B minus.
1: That's, that's what I was thinking too, is B minus. It didn't blow me away. Look, if the first two picks work out, you know, you won't be too concerned about what the rest of the draft gives you. So, you know, we'll see how that works out for them. I think B minus sounds right. Okay, Atlanta Falcons, as we predicted on our mock draft pod they did go with Kyle Pitts the tight end out of Florida with the fourth overall pick they took Richie Grant safety at UCF as we said was uh the second safety off the board and was still before Morig they took Jalen Mayfield offensive tackle out of Michigan in the third uh Darren Hall cornerback out of San Diego State in the fourth they had another fourth round pick they spent on an interior offensive lineman an an interior defensive lineman in the fifth. They had two more picks in the fifth. Their first pass rusher out of Notre Dame and a corner, Avery Williams out of Boise State, before finishing it out with the sixth-round wide receiver, Frank Darby out of Arizona State. Go ahead, Dustin. Give me your rundown.
2: Uh, Well, you can't really miss out with
1: the pick that they made at the four spot
2: with uh, Kyle Pitts. Um, This guy is as talented as you can get at the tight end position i can't remember the last time we had a tight end in the draft that looked like this realistically if he was drafted as a receiver he'd still be a top 10 pick that's that's what i think
1: yeah i um, don't think you need to say tight end i think you're just a human being with the stats that he had it's just not something you see
2: yeah and listen you had kyle trash throwing the ball in florida and kyle yep. trash yeah I mean, he is what he is, but I think you know, even with the quarterback play that they had over there, which is supposedly good, I just think he had a lot of weapons over there. I think in that, in a case like that, what I'm getting to is that Kyle Pitts can make a quarterback better. So uh, he's a freakish athlete with a tremendous size. He's a great blocker. Uh, he's definitely an end zone threat with this, which what, which is what this team needs. Uh, even though they have Ridley and Julio Jones, I think this will help Matt Ryan make better decisions inside the red zone, which is what I projected when we had our um, earlier podcast on our, our draft podcast so projections in the draft. Um, but you couldn't go wrong with this pick. They had offers on the table and they said, you know what, we're just going to take Kyle Pitts because that's the best player on the board. And it, it, I, I think this team thinks they're still in position to win now. With, uh, similar to what Pittsburgh's doing with Roethlisberger. Obviously, it's a little different in Atlanta. Matt Ryan's not as old as Roethlisberger, but I feel like he's, you know, at the downside of his career, but he still has enough to win games. We've seen them win games against New Orleans with Drew Brees on the floor,
1: uh, on the floor, on the field. He was uh, basically on the floor at that point. His arm was, but his arm is on the floor.
2: But uh, I, I thought it was a great pick. And then they went for. You know, their secondary was a mess last year, and they addressed it. Uh, Richie Grant was the first safety taken uh, in the draft, which was a surprise because most people had Trayvon Mayer going first. But Richie Grant is a little bit more experienced at the position. Uh, He's got a lot more snaps under his belt. So I think he's the type of guy that can come in right away and, you know, start for a defense. So I think that's why they made that pick. Um, Then they went to the third round with Jalen Mayfield. I think Jalen Mayfield is more of an interior uh, offensive lineman rather than a tackle, even though he played tackle at Michigan. Uh, he's a huge human being, very powerful, but uh, he's more probably primed for interior line work when he first starts out. He does get a starting position, which I'm not sure if he will right off the bat. Uh, Darren Hall was a senior Bowl standout, so I think that's why they went there. Uh, these are the types of picks that you have that, you know, they have – a lot of upside but they might not get on the field right away and then the rest the only one I kind of had any uh thing to say about was the d tackle they took out of Texas <clears throat> he's got tremendous reach he's a huge
1: dude and he's the type Bacon of guy
2: Graham. yeah it could be a rotational guy on the on the line so I, I did like that pick so
1: so here are my thoughts on on the Falcons draft I, I think it's for me, a little too early to judge it completely. Oh. And here's why: I, you know, in our mock draft pod, I, I, we both said Kyle Pitts was the right pick because he was the best player available at four overall. Like you said, this is a Falcon team that seems to believe that they're that they're going to win. So, so, you know, here's my question: Do you think this team has the roster to win a Super Bowl? Uh.
2: N- they, they don't, but, but the thing
1: the in. Well, let me stop you there. Uh, you, you, they don't. And, and, uh, and they but don't.
2: They can, but they can beat anybody.
1: Okay, fine. They could beat anybody, but I don't know if they could do it, you know, 17 or now 18 weeks straight, you know, and, and do it more often than not. I, I think this defense is still really bad.
2: It brings uh, me back to what I said last time. I think we spoke about this. I said, what difference if they draft fits, which they did, what difference is this team from the Dallas Cowboys offense?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think as of right now, the offense can going to be very explosive. But here, here's the point I'm getting to. I don't think this team is good enough to win a Super Bowl right now, even as fun as this offense can be. There's just more and more rumblings that Julio Jones may be traded. I don't know if that's true. And that's why I kind of want to see if that happens before I really make a final decision on what I think of this draft because you know now even if you look at the GM's quotes when they ask him is Julio going to be traded and he's like well listen we're in a tough situation and we'll listen to any calls and any players when you say that response when someone asks you about your hall of fame receiver Julio Jones to me that means that you don't think he's going to be on the team that's how I took it and if that's true if you're going to trade Julio Jones then you're definitely not winning a Super Bowl with this team and if you were going to go there I, I just feel like they're then if that's the case, they're not deciding whether they're rebuilding or trying to win. Because if you're going to trade Julio, then you should also have traded Matt Ryan because I think Matt Ryan can win on on a good team. But, you know, then, you know, maybe you take a Trey Lance or something like that. I mean, obviously he wasn't there. But, you know, or Justin Fields or whatever. So I think Kyle Pitts is a great player. I just wish this team would decide if they're going for it or if they're rebuilding. But I guess I have to give them the benefit of the doubt that right now they're saying they're going for it. But it's
2: kind of a sticky because if you were the GM of this team and someone asked you that question, realistically, I mean, you kind of are in position to trade Julio Jones. If you get the right deal, I mean, let's face it, Matt Ryan's probably got a couple more years, maybe one or two more years left to go with
1: this team. Right, but the way you're talking right now is that if Matt Ryan has one or two years left and if the right deal comes for Julio Jones, you're kind of giving up.
2: Yes and no, not if you draft Kyle Pitts.
1: I just, you know, even with Pitts, this team is not going to be better off without Julio Jones than with him. Hey, if if, if, if you're Packers, trying to win a Super Bowl.
2: If the Packers want to keep Aaron Rodgers
1: around, then they make that trade to get Julio. Yeah, that would be really, really awesome. I just, it's just, that's just never going to happen. That's not how the Packers are going to do business. So here's my point is that, look, if they end up trading Julio Jones, then I don't like the Kyle Pitts pick. Because I I think they could have traded back, gotten more capital, taken a quarterback. I think there was a lot of different ways they could have gone. If they're going for the win, which I don't really think they can win a Super Bowl. But sure, if that's what you want to go for, then I love the pick. Fine. And look, obviously, it's not just about this year. I mean, Pitts is an amazing player. I hope he's a really, really Hall of Fame-type talent for the next 10 to 15 years that we get to watch. You know, the Richie Grant pick, again, like you said, maybe more ready to play that uh, center fielder position today so if you're going for the win sure but if you're going more long term I, I just don't like uh, the safety picked before morick uh who was drafted by the raiders in the second round the jalen mayfield pick um i like that pick a lot i think it was a good value whether he plays tackler inside i'm actually a huge jalen mayfield fan from what i've read and and what i've seen so you know i think he probably will find a way to start on this offensive line that that could that was need of some help so look get the best football players in here i think he's one of them find out where he plays best you know the other big problem i have with this draft is like like we said the defense is in ruins if you have a bad defense all around where do you start building
2: you start building
1: in the draft but no but i mean like what position group you know like to me if you, you you got to build in the trenches and and you got to get after the quarterback. I, I think that's one of the things you got to do. And I would argue that the biggest hole on this defense was pass rusher.
2: And, and they didn't, uh, they Don didn't. Fowler, but
1: I think he's expected to be released. Right. I mean, they, they, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be on the team. And, you know, you didn't take one here until your second fifth round pick in uh, a June day uh, out of Notre Dame, who, you know, I'm not really crazy about anyway. I think that, Probably was you know not the place where he would have gone had the Falcons not taken him there. So just overall, I'm I love Kyle Pitts. I'm just I like the Mayfield pick, but overall, I'm just not enthused with this draft class.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it can go either way. I just uh, as far as grading goes, I mean, you draft player like Kyle Pitts, it's really hard to give a negative. Yeah, yeah. So I, I gave them a B minus.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking like CC plus, but you know, I'll I want to revisit it after uh, you know after we see if they if Julio's on the team or not. I'm really interested to see how that goes.
2: Okay, but anybody can win on any given
1: Sunday. Yeah, but you got to do it more often than not on 18 given Sundays. That's the
2: sneak into the playoffs.
1: I don't really dangerous
2: offense. I mean,
1: maybe maybe Arthur Smith gives them you know a uh, a jolt. You know, we'll see. A FedEx joke. He's, yeah, yeah, so there's a FedEx joke in there somewhere. We'll, we'll figure that out. All right, I'm really excited to talk about this next draft, and there were a lot of players drafted by the Carolina Panthers. They, to a lot of people's surprise, took J.C. Horn, uh, S- South Carolina cornerback with the eighth overall pick. They took the guy I said to keep your eyes on, Terrace Marshall, wide receiver out of LSU in the second round. They had two third-round picks. They took your boy, uh, Brady Christensen, offensive tackle out of Zach Wilson's best friend, BYU. They took uh, the tight end out of Notre Dame with arguably the best name in the entire draft class and Tommy Tremble. Yeah. They took a fourth-round running back, Chubba Hubbard. That's uh, a a fifth-round interior defensive lineman, uh, Davion Nixon, who I like a lot. Uh, after that, they had another fifth rounder, cornerback, sixth round, interior offensive line, sixth round, wide receiver, sixth round, long snapper, Alabama, and the seventh round, interior defensive lineman uh, out of Kentucky. So apologies to the players whose names I did not say. If you're a star, I am a jerk. what do you think of the draft class? Uh,
2: they crushed this draft. Carolina hit a home run here. Um, J.C. Horn, Listen, I'm as big as a Patrick Sertain fan as there is, but J.C. Horn is not far off. So I'm okay with taking him over, um, taking Seahorn, Seahorn, taking J.C. Horn over Patrick Sertain, not to be confused with Jason C. Jason
1: Seahorn. That was a good, good reference right there. <laughs> I, I do love the J.C. Horn pick. I personally would have taken Sertain as the first corner, but you know what? They definitely really, you know, wanted a corner and needed a corner. Horn brings a, a pretty nasty attitude that is, you know, can really permeate through a defense. So, I, hey, I don't hate it.
2: He reminds me of Richard Sherman. He's got the
1: side, yeah. the way he smothers his uh,
2: opponents at the line. He's a great pick. I, I think he's going to be a very good corner. So, I'm, and that's one of the positions that they need on their defense. Their defense as a whole was a giant hole. Um, Terrace Marshall, they pretty much stole from this draft because he fell, because he had some foot problems that they dug up from his past. So he reunites Joe Brady, uh, who coached in college. Uh, This was a home run pick for them. Perfect landing spot. Fit right in with his old coach. Uh, He's got a lot of similarities to uh, Justin Jefferson in um, Minnesota, who also went to LSU. There was a lot of receivers on this team when he was there, so he didn't really get the buzz like your Jamar Chase, Jefferson, guys like that. Um, You said it, the third-round pick, Brady Christensen, is one of my favorite picks in the draft. He's as good as a pass protector as you'll get. So with the value that he offers this late in the draft, whoever was drafting him, was, in my opinion, this is a day-one starter. Uh, He'll slide right in in like a right tackle position, start for you day one. He can play left tackle, obviously, as well. Didn't let up really – I don't think he let up any pass pass rushing – uh, pass rushers to get to the quarterback in college, so I think it's a great pick. And Tommy Tremble was probably the only pick I didn't love. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of drafting tight ends too high. Third round pick to me is a high for a tight end when you're when you miss out on the top tight ends. Maybe they see something that we don't or I don't, uh, but I do know he's got potential to be, you know, a freakish athlete. So uh, Chuba Hubbard, I like the pick. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, whatever you want to call him, Chuba uh, Hubbard. Lost Mike Davis to free agency. Who came on to the scene when the went down? Um, you definitely can't win this league without a backup running back because running backs get injured all the time. So solidifying a backup running back with talent of a three-down back like Chuba Hubbard has is something that um, you know they definitely addressed. He runs smart. He's got good size. He's got good contact balance. So I thought that was a good pick. Davion Nixon's a good player, too, at Iowa. Love that pick. So And they got him late in the fifth round. Uh, this was a great draft. I, I honestly gave him an A. I almost gave them an A+. It's just a tight end that, that I didn't like. Uh, but they they crushed this draft. With Christensen in the third. Terrace Marshall was a first-round pick, in my, in my opinion. He should have went a lot earlier, and he didn't. And J.C. Horn is an awesome player also. So I think this team, uh, Matt Rule and, and the GM over there are doing a tremendous job. And uh, Joe Brady is also, you know, they're just crushing. Since Matt Rule took over, the, the hires that he's made, players that he's brought in, this team's on the, on the rise for sure. Uh, I hope Sam Darnold can turn into what he was supposed to be when he was drafted by the Jets. And now he gets a fresh start with a great, Offense coordinator, great coach. Uh, I really like where this team's going.
1: Yeah, I uh, I absolutely love this draft as well. I love what uh, the, the franchise is doing over there. You know, uh, I already I already chimed in on J.C. Horn. I love the attitude he brings. You know, even if I like certain the player a little more, I, I don't think they're going to be disappointed at all with Horn. You know, Terrace Marshall. I, I mentioned I think it's the perfect landing spot, and you said one great reason. Obviously, Joe Brady. He's already played for, but you know. It, Even that fact aside, I think you're with a coach that the players love, uh, both in the head coach and the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. Um, You know, it's a young, hungry team. Everyone, you know, like last year, it was a pretty bad team. But if you watch their games, I mean, everyone on this team is trying hard all 60 minutes. I think this is the right environment that Terrace Marshall needed to be in. You know, I don't think it was just the injuries of why he fell i think there were probably some character concerns and you know you see him quitting on plays a lot in college and you know now he's reunited with joe brady on this team i, I could see them getting the best out of him possible uh i like the brady christian pick you know part of that byu ball uh wall that kept zach wilson very clean uh by the way i already texted to you but for all of our dozens and dozens of fans go ahead and search zach wilson's mom it's uh She's, I wasn't sure if it was his girlfriend or his mom and it's his mom, but you know, she's, she's hot. She's hot. I mean, that's, that's all I can say. Uh, You know, the Tommy Trumbull pick, I look, I I hear what you're saying. I, one reason I actually liked it is if there was one thing that the Carolina Panthers didn't do that, I really wanted them to do early. Maybe even with that eighth overall pick was add some offensive line help. I, I think that we've already seen Sam Darnold see ghosts when His offensive line crumbled around him as it constantly did as a jet. Um, But I think they got great value with Brady Christensen. And I think Tremble, you know, he has some developing to do as a pass catcher, but he's actually a really good blocker right now. So I I could see him lining up there a lot and being used as a blocker. So, you know, if you had to wait until the third round to come away with Brady Christensen and uh, a tight end that can block well, not the worst. I would have liked them, again, to have – maybe added uh, an offensive lineman earlier, but I also don't hate the Horn or Terrace Marshall pick. So I, I gave this draft an A. You know, uh, last thing I'll say is I read this interesting article on the Panthers' new philosophy in the draft. It's they trust their draft board. They trust they're going to get value. So they were going to just get as many good players in here as possible. As you can see by the amount of players we listed that they drafted, they traded back a lot. They don't care about what the formula says for – you know, did you win this trade? Should you trade back? They just kept trading back and trusting their draft board. And when we look at these players, I mean, Chuba Hubbard, this was going to be a second-round pick if he came out of college last year. Uh, Davion Nixon, people expected him to go way higher than the fifth round, the interior defensive lineman out of Iowa. So I think they got a lot of good players here. Uh, I don't know about the later-round players. We'll see. I mean, they took a long snapper in the sixth round. He better be the best long snapper to ever exist. But look, uh, again, I give the draft an A, and their philosophy, I think, is just working perfectly. And uh, it's exciting to see how this plays out. I'm going to go ahead and save my Carolina Panther sheet for later so we could talk about that when we're summing up the best and worst drafts in the NFC. All right, a fun one is next. The Chicago Bears, we said, if you listened, I, I said on the mock draft pod, you know, This coach, this general manager, Pace and Nagy, they got to save their jobs. And I said, don't be surprised if they trade up for a quarterback because that is the only thing that can save their jobs. Now, what we also said at the time was that they shouldn't be allowed to because they're going to get fired anyway. But, I, you know, let's see what we think about it today after we talk about the draft. So 11th overall pick, they trade up. They give up their first-round pick. Uh, their fifth round pick next year's first and next year's fourth to trade all the way up to the 11th pick for Justin Fields quarterback out of Ohio state with the second round pick, which they still have because they didn't trade it, which I thought was great. They take your boy, Tevin Jenkins offensive tackle out of Oklahoma state who looks like he's like pretending to be a nerd. When you see his face, it's he's a really funny looking dude, but, uh, but nasty, nasty, big player. They didn't have a pick after that till the fifth round. So then they took an interior offensive lineman, Larry Boyd, out of Missouri. They took a running back in the sixth, Khalil Herbert out of Virginia tech. They took a wide receiver in the sixth Daz Newsom out of North Carolina. Uh, They took a corner in the sixth. They took an interior defensive lineman in the seventh. So, you know, I said, maybe they shouldn't be allowed to go for a quarterback, but with Justin Fields slipping all the way to 11, I love it.
2: So do I. This, uh, like you said, th- this was the move that these guys, uh, Ryan Pace and... Um, <clears throat> what's, the, what's the coach's name? Maggie. Matt Matt Maggie. Maggie. Yeah, Matt Maggie. Uh, this is the type of move that they had to make to save their jobs going into the season. Because let's face it, if you're going into the season with Andy Dalton or Nick Foles as your quarterback, you will have a losing record. Not to say if Justin Fields starts sooner rather than later even if they have a losing record with him on the field, if he shows anything, any glimpse of, of a promising quarterback for this franchise, I don't think they will be fired because they made this happen. Uh, kudos to them. They did a great job of igniting this, this fan base. The fans are very happy. Uh, I've listened to quite a few Bears podcasts since to see how what you know what they take on and they' they're happy. They think they hit a home run with this. and honestly,
1: they were really scared they were trading up for Mac Jones. All the Bears fans were really terrified of that. So they were ecstatic when they took Justin so, Fields.
2: And then for me, you know, Justin Fields, is it is what he
1: is. He's a college quarterback
2: like anything. You really just don't know. So uh, he, it's going to come down to, like I always say, who, who's coaching him, the position he's in, what kind of scheme fit this is. Uh, he kind of reminds me of a Baker Mayfield coming out of college. Uh, His film showed a lot of, uh, open, empty pockets where he didn't have to run out of them as much. But there was also things that I saw uh, when the pocket collapsed. Uh, he does have to play better when it does collapse. He's got to make better decisions. So that was my biggest takeaway from him. But with any quarterback being drafted in, a first, in the first round of the NFL, it really depends on where they go. Uh, the second round pick in Tevin Jenkins was probably my, fir- my favorite player in this year's draft, just the style of play and the physicality he plays with. You're right, he looks like a big nerd that when he steps onto the field, it's like he evolves into a giant bully and just taking everyone who ever made fun of him out on him on the field. <laughs> so the way he plays, I, I've never seen a tackle come out of college that plays as smart and as nasty as he does. Uh, I've said it before, he does have shorter arms, which probably scared a lot of uh, GMs away from taking him. But he uses those short arms to his advantage. And I know it sounds weird, but he actually lures defenders in and then he throws you onto the ground because you're off balance. So he actually has a whole different style of play. Uh, I always say he reminds me of Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson played tackle. So, and he's a right tackle. So he's going to come in. That's another reason probably why he slipped. A lot of teams like blind slide, blind spot by drafting a left tackle. So he's more uh, inclined to you draft him and you just play him where he plays and that's right tackle. It's almost like we said it and forget it type of thing. They didn't have another draft to the, uh, draft pick to the later rounds, but even the Khalil Herbert pick, I, I, like, I love that pick, too, at Virginia Tech. The reason why he fell is because he was a 50-year senior. He's a little older than most of the running backs that come out. Um, but he's, Who cares?
1: They only last till 27 anyway.
2: Yeah, and he's the total package, and I guarantee you he will get snaps for this team. This is something they lacked last year when Tariq Cohen went down, and Tariq Cohen is on the smaller side of a running back. Yeah, they needed depth. So, they needed the depth there, and now you know, when, when uh, Montgomery went down last year, they didn't have anybody else. I and mean, we're talking about, like, Ryan Nall, who no one ever heard of. Guys like that were getting... Uh, then they put Cordell Patterson at, in the backfield. Not to do that anymore. Khalil Herbert is a guy that can play in the league. If he gets the opportunity, he could start for, for an NFL team. Uh, it even goes further. They took Thomas Graham Jr. from Oregon, who's a three-year starter over there in corner. And then they went even further in the seventh round where they put Kyrus Tonga, who's one of the strongest players in the draft. Like this team, the way they drafted, they really drafted like their jobs depended on it. And they, they knocked this whole draft out of the park. Not saying anything about what Fields is going to do or not going to do. It's just as a whole, the position that this franchise is in and the picks that they made with the trades that they made, I think this was one of the best drafts that we saw this year.
1: Yeah, I like the draft a lot. I think where it gets interesting is, look, obviously, Pace and Nagy haven't done a great job with the team to date. And I even think after the draft, uh, that has started to show again. So uh, I'll I'll talk about what I mean by that. So first of all, uh, Justin Fields, look, you know, I kind of poo-pooed on him a little in our past podcast episodes, but I did say he has the skills. I mean, He could – I think he's a good quarterback. The question is, is he going to be one of those good quarterbacks that are inconsistent, which means you're not a good quarterback, or is he going to evolve and be consistently good, maybe even great? When I talk about a player like that, I think that he probably shouldn't be the first or second quarterback and like, the top three picks drafted. But at number 11, it was certainly worth the plunge. Uh, By the way, fun fact, uh, the word is that if he made it to 14 – The Vikings were going to take him, which I think is interesting and we'll talk about uh, shortly when we get to the Vikings. But anyway, I think it was a good trade. I don't think they gave up that much. You know, yes, they had to give up next year's first, which of course they had to because they moved up so much. Other than that, you know, fifth this year, or fourth next year, uh, I thought that was a great job by uh, the general manager who catches a lot of slack in Ryan Pace. Tevin Jenkins' pick, yes, I love the pick, but like you said, he played great at right tackle. So let him play right tackle. After the draft, they released Charles Leno. And I, I don't know why they did that. So now it appears to me that Teva Jenkins is going to play left tackle. Why? Why would you do this? He, Charles Leno, fit under your salary cap. I, there must be something we don't know. I don't know why they let him go. I believe the Redskins. I'm sorry, the football team. Oh, no. I know, I, but I caught myself. I'm getting better. Uh, the football team picked him up, which was a great pickup. So I love the draft pick. I just don't like what they're doing after the fact. And and to go back to Justin Fields, uh, Ryan Pace came out after this and said uh, Andy Dalton's still our starter week one. Why are you saying that? Why would you say anything? Let him compete. I'd be he, shocked he if probably, Justin Fields isn't starting. Yeah, he did. No, they were, They that's that's they documented. Called, they called Andy
2: Dalton before they made the pick too.
1: Which is the right move. I, I think – no, look, I, I think that's the right move, especially because you told Andy Dalton that he's going to be a starter. I don't know why you would tell him that. Uh, look at the football team and Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was the only quarterback there, and they're like, no, you have to compete. So you should have done the same thing to Andy Dalton.
2: So well, Andy uh, Dalton gets a phone call and Aaron Rodgers
1: doesn't. Yeah, right. That makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, you got to be in the redhead zone to get that call. But uh, so look, I I, I love those first two picks and and I like the other picks as you mentioned as well. But now my issue with the first two picks is what has been said and done after the draft. Don't start Andy Dalton week one. And you should have kept Charles Leno and kept Tevin Jenkins on the right side, at least to start to see what you have uh, before you throw him into the blind side left tackle spot now against the top pass rushers in the league. So, you know, we'll see. And, and the last thing I'll say for the Bears is, you know, Mitch Trubisky, Marvelous Mitch, was Ryan Pace's decision. That was not Nagy's decision. Uh, you know, Nagy was was pegged as an offensive mastermind. We've seen anything but that. Well, now he's got his quarterback. So, Nagy, you have a very short time to prove that you can do this with someone like Justin Fields. And if you start Andy Dalton uh, more than, you know, one to two weeks – you aren't going to be here to see how Justin Fields is. That's going to be the next coaching staff that they bring in. And by the way, for Bears ownership, even if this season doesn't go well, I think having Justin Fields here, you're going to be able to lure a pretty good coach here next year. So uh, that's something else to think about as well. But, yeah, uh, I do like the draft, even if I don't like the things said and done after that. So would would you grade them? I gave them an A. Sure. I gave them an A. I really want to drop them to an A- minus because of releasing Charles Leno after the draft, honestly. Uh, because now when you when you know that Tevin Jenkins is drafted as a left tackle, could they be... Have, they don't
2: have a right tackle. either. Right?
1: Yeah, but if, you know, I mean, it depend, let's see who they bring in. But if Tevin Jenkins is the best top tackle top. on the team, they're going to put him at left tackle. So I'll top. put this, I'll put my bear sheet with the best draft so far and uh, we'll move on. Put it in the pie. Dallas Cowboys. All right. Weird weird draft. 12th overall, Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State. Second round, Kelvin Joseph, corner, Kentucky. Third round, Osa Odigizua, do, interior defensive lineman, UCLA. Uh, also third round, Chauncey Golston, D-End, Iowa. Also third round, Nashawn Wright, cornerback, Oregon State. Fourth round, Jabril Cox, LSU linebacker, good value pick. Fourth round, offensive tackle, Josh Ball. Fifth round, receiver, Simi Fahoko, interesting pick. Sixth round, interior defensive lineman. Sixth round, cornerback. Seventh round, interior offensive lineman. Last three picks, sorry I didn't say your names. If you're stars, I'm a jerk. Sure. Weird draft, Dustin. Uh, looks like they're trying to fix their defense, though. No? <laughs> yeah, you think so with all these defensive picks? And rightfully so. Um I think there were a lot of risks and reaches taken taken in this draft class that didn't need to be taken. A lot of risks. Micah Parsons is as talented as it gets, but he has some character issues. And
2: don't worth
1: be- and and we'll say, let's stop there. So far though, that's worth the risk.
2: Yeah, I kind of would have wished they went in a different position. I don't think linebacker was where they needed to go. I think they got burned by Carolina and Denver. Yeah, no corners,
1: neither top corner on the board anymore.
2: They must have uh, had a frantic uh, war room there, and they probably said, let's just take the best player on the board, and that was Mike Parsons. So, um, obviously, we've noted the injury history with Jalen Smith's knee and Leighton Van Der Esch's neck. So that probably made this decision a lot easier for them uh, than you would think. Um, The second-round pick was very interesting to me. Uh, Kelvin jo- Joseph is a very talented corner. The reason why he fell is because he's got character. issues. got kicked out of school at LSU and he transferred to Kentucky because of that. Um, but he... The thing with him is uh, he played and then he sat out. He opted out. Uh, I think that, you know, a lot of... A lot of um, GMs and coaches said they wish that he would have played. Uh, but he says... Watch my film against Devonta Smith, and that's just make you know, I don't have to say anything. So, when you say stuff like that, you know, that for me is a concern with character issues. That's a little
1: immaturity for sure. Yeah, exactly.
2: So, as far as talent goes, the talent is there, but character issues do scare me for him. Uh, it's a risk in the second round. Uh, they do, they did need to address the secondary for sure, and I think he was definitely probably. The best player on the board at that point, but you know, there. If anyone is not far off talent-wise to him, you might want to consider going that route. Granted, with the uh, character issues that were there, I think He's, too, uh, he's an aggressive player. He's got a motor. Uh, I know they. You know they lost some of their defensive line and uh, Ty- Tyson Tyrone Crawford retired. Um, I don't know if Alden, did he, did Alden Smith sign again?
1: No, they haven't signed him. So, in fact, I think he signed with someone else. I think he signed with the Seahawks.
2: Yeah. And he got in trouble, right? Again?
1: Yeah. He already got in trouble again, but not for, you know, what he got in trouble with the first time. Right about it. Uh,
2: yeah. So the, the, but the Jabril Cox pick, I love, that was a great pick. Great pick. Uh, he fell later than I thought, um, coming at LSU. He's a, he's got great coverage skills. Uh, he's a deadly weapon for any NFL defense that, that can get him on the field. But again, he's it's, it's another linebacker, though. So <clears throat> a weird spot. I feel like they had him on their board as a target, and then they kind of took Micah Parsons because he fell. So once they hit the fourth round, they're like, well, he's still there, so I'll regret him. I think that's kind of what happened there. You know, they, they stuck to their board. Uh, the Josh ball pick was kind of surprising. He's got – Another another character issue type player. This guy got in trouble for domestic violence uh, like multiple times. He got kicked out of school and actually went to Marshall because of it. I don't remember the school
1: he went to, but sensing uh, a theme here.
2: Yeah, which is surprising. Um, and then the Simi Fajoko pick, I actually do like. Uh, if you watch his film, he's six four. Uh, he's got a huge frame. He's got a great gas pedal that he's always put is always on. Uh, he's got a great motor. I think what they were trying to hit here was like almost like a Chase Claypool type of player, type of talent later rounds. But he's a project for sure. Uh, very interesting draft. Uh, there's a lot of issues with the players that they drafted from top to bottom. That's my biggest problem. Um, I don't think all of them are going to pan out because that would be kind of, you know, you're going against the law of averages with that. So I gave them a C.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I while I do like a, a few of the players on their draft class, I, I really did not like this draft at all. You know, the, the Micah Parsons pick, I did expect him to drop a little bit because of the uh, character concerns. But, man, what of just a phenomenal athlete and football player. So I actually don't mind that pick at 12th overall, especially after you lost out on J.C. Horn and uh, Patrick Surtain. You know the Kelvin Joseph pick. I mean, the corner was a need, so I think they just went to the best corner on their board. But Santi Samuel Jr. was still on the board, by the way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, so yeah. I mean, look, I, when you say they stuck to their board, I think they definitely stuck to their board because there were a lot of reaches here. I think Kelvin Joseph again, Santi Samuel was there, and you know he has his own concerns. After you just took uh, Micah Parsons, uh, I think you know with three third rounders. You know they could have done a lot of damage. I, I like uh, Odigzua. I'm definitely not saying that right, but the <laughs> interior defensive lineman, sure, out of UCLA. I, I do like that pick. I think that was a bit of a value. But the Chauncey Golston pick, the nation Wright pick, the which is a DN and corner respectively, I thought those, those were, were h- horrible values. Those were reaches, for sure. The huge reaches. They, I mean, trade back. You know, even if you don't get what's worth it, if if those are your guys, but you could have traded back and gotten even more picks. I just, I really didn't like those picks at all. Yes. I do love the Jabril Cox pick out of uh linebacker of LSU in the fourth round. And, and I think the Fahoko uh, pick is interesting. The receiver out of Stanford, like you said, look, you're behind three stud receivers. You don't have to do much your first year with that big body and that speed, except just learn the craft and learn to be a receiver and he'll probably Get his shot when uh, Gallup leaves the team next, you know, after this year, which is probably going to, almost certainly going to happen. Uh, now that they paid Cooper, the the rest of these picks, I just, you know, again, I mean, forget the late rounders. I, I just thought they were bad picks. I thought they were terrible values. I, none of these picks I thought were even close to the time and point where these players should have been drafted, except for Parsons, uh, Odigzua, and Cox and Fahoko. So yeah, that's four players. And but you know, when you have this big a draft class and this many holes on defense, I just think they could have done a lot better. So
2: they 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 had a ton of picks too. They traded a bunch, but it's just it's almost like they 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 kind of made these trades without a plan.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it felt to me. And clearly they don't care about character. I mean, I'm not surprised with Jerry Jones. He just wants the best players possible. Uh, but you know, you can only take so many chances. Like you said, you're you're just going to get burned sometimes. And by the way, when you just keep, I'm not saying they're doing this. I mean, it's only two players here, but when you just keep adding those types of character guys to the same team, and then they hang out with each other, you know, you're starting to put together a a mindset for a team here. And you even said, when we talked about the Cowboys, this team is soft. They seem disinterested. And if you keep adding these bad character guys, you know, you, you need leaders on this team at some point. And you have some. You know, I think Dak is a great leader. Um, but, you know, I think Van Der Esch, it, can be seen as a leader, uh, up-and-coming leader. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, again, I think that character concern is going to bite you at some point. So, would you say you graded them? Uh,
2: I gave them a C.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say C minus. I just – a few interesting players, but overall, I just – I didn't not, really like what they did with the opportunity.
2: I'm not ripping on Parsons too much. I mean, Kelvin Jones no. –
1: and Josh Ball were the real character concerns that I had. But
2: Parsons is known to be like a party animal. So here's what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But listen, I mean, uh, I think that was a good pick. But yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay. Let's bite some kneecaps. Oh, Detroit yeah. Lions uh, on the we, – we just saw a video that surfaced on the internet that they were actually calling Atlanta to trade up to the fourth pick. That failed. So they stood at the seventh pick and they got Panay Sewell to their surprise because uh, the Bengals and Dolphins passed on him. Uh, So that was their first round pick that uh, we all saw them cheering after they made that pick, which was really cool to see. Second round pick, Levi Anwuzariki, interior defensive lineman out of Washington. Third round, uh, interior defensive lineman, Alim McNeil. Uh, So they went back to back there. Third, uh, another third round pick, Ifiatu Milifonwu, cornerback out of Syracuse, big dude. Fourth round pick, Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver at USC. Uh, a lot of the draft community was a big fan of him. Uh, another fourth round pick, Derek Barnes, linebacker Purdue. And then they didn't have another pick until the seventh round where they took running back Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State. Walk me through your thoughts, Dustin. I have some as well.
2: So I think uh, the pick that they wanted was Panay at four, and he fell. I think so, too. While you saw their war room erupt with excitement, uh, that's, you know, he, he's – we don't really need to speak too much about him. Uh, for his size, he's one of the freakish athletes we've ever seen that moves that fast for his size. I think that was uh, – can't go wrong with that pick, even though they needed a receiver, but – I mean, this team is definitely in rebuild mode, and I've said it before. You said it before. I'm a huge fan of everything that they've been doing so far, even even the signing. This franchise has been the laughingstock of the league for decades. They, I can't remember the last time they went to the playoffs. I think they have three winning seasons to their name as a franchise. No free agents ever. Yeah, uh, Is that I, real I, three winning records. It a, it's under. I think it's about five, something crazy like that. Oh Two my four. goodness, that's awful. Uh, no free agents ever want to come here. So their goal was to make a splash of head coach position. Someone who's loud and animated and says things that catch your eye, which clearly has done so far. And they're not in total rebuild. I mean, they made the trade, which I thought was a great move by them. They brought in a quarterback who's been to a Super Bowl Jared Goff. I know he's not the greatest athlete in the world, not the greatest quarterback, but he's got a resume that's not going to spell total rebuild. So, uh, Pinesio is a great starting point for your draft. This team never really has good drafts, but this year I think they had a great one. They brought in Levi Unzer- uh, An- 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 from from Anwuzerike. Washington, who's very animated in his own right, the things that he said, uh, you know, when he was interviewed, he said he likes to kill people, I think, something crazy <laughs> like that. Uh,
1: you, so, you know, Dan Campbell said, I got to have this kid. Pretty
2: much. Uh, he likes to hit people. He, he curses. Fits he the bill for Detroit Lions, what they're trying to create over there, which I'm fine with. And then they they double dipped on the line when they drafted a legal at North Carolina State. He's a run blogger. Run pluggers usually fall in drafts because they don't stay on the field long. Um, I'm not calling him a Snacks Harrison type, hit, uh, type of player, but he's, that's the type of pick that this is. They want to plug the inside on a run. They want this guy to play the two downs that he can play, and then they're going to flush the line with players like the guy they drafted beforehand the corner and Levi Anwuzarike. Uh, Afichu Melifanu is the corner they drafted. He fell a little bit. Uh, He's got rare features for the position. Like you said, he's extremely large for a corner. Uh, He's a bit of a project, but he can excel in in the right scheme. So if he's put in the right position, as to play like a zone type of uh, corner and just tower over people, I think it'll work out. Amon St. Brown was, to some, um, a lot of people had him higher on their boards. Uh, He's a very polished route runner. He's not going to blow you away with speed. But uh, he's going to be uh, an underneath type of guy. Uh, he was definitely picked in the right spot. So he's someone that Jared Goff can definitely work with. Jared Goff was not going to get the ball thrown 60 yards downfield. So this is the perfect receiver for someone like Goff's talent. Uh, Derek Barnes was one of my favorite picks. This guy pops really? up the street. Yes, it was a fourth round linebacker pick uh, out of Purdue. Uh, he's a little bit undersized at the position, but if you watch Purdue game on defense, you will know where Derek Barnes is. I think this guy will get on the field. He jumps off the screen. Um, I, I, he was one of my late round darts that I that I loved and was drafted in the fourth round. Don't don't know much about the running back they drafted, but overall, the the the, the job that uh, GM Brian Holmes and and uh, the coach Dan Campbell, uh, I'm. I love the Lions so far. I'm so happy for this team and this franchise. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I think it's going the right direction. You know, uh, I'm not going to blame them for what they didn't do. I think the Panay Sewell is obviously a great pick, and it's so hard to find, you know, far above average left tackles, and he obviously has that ability to do that from day one. I'm glad they didn't trade up, not just because they got Panay Sewell anyway, but – you know, look, the Detroit Lions, in my view, are a complete rebuild. And if you're a complete rebuild, you don't trade draft capital, premium draft capital, to uh, to lose players, to move up a couple spots just because you love a guy. So I'm glad they didn't give up picks to get Sewell, and I'm glad that he fell in their lap anyway. I love the Anwu Zeriki pick on the interior defensive lineman. You know, I, I think the Alan McNeil pick, look, if he's a good player, who cares? I didn't love that they went back-to-back. I think that... They could have kept going and addressed needs like a linebacker or a, or a wide receiver. Uh, I would have loved to see them get a wide receiver here. There were a few good ones on the board, in my opinion, um, but they didn't. I'm, I'm really surprised they didn't take a wide receiver until Amon St. Brown, who I, I like a lot. I Like you said, I, I completely agree. Uh, I think he'll be great there. Uh, I skipped over the Melifuamu pick, the big cornerback out of Syracuse. Look, what I love about it is, you know, you took Cuda. Uh, I mean, maybe this regime didn't, but you have Akuda there who didn't have a great season, but really has all the uh, tangible assets that you would want in a number one corner. So what I like about the Ifiatu pick is you don't need him to be your best cornerback. He could be your second best corner, and he could also match up on the big bodied receivers that are going to come from opposing offenses. So, you know, we'll see how that works out, but I think that was well worth the plunge. Derek Barnes, didn't know much about him. That's cool. I'm excited to see him play now. You know, the only other thing I can nitpick is, again, it's a seventh-round pick. I don't care. But, like, you know, you already obviously burned assets into that position with your starting running back that you have there. Why are you taking a running back in the seventh round when you have so many holes to plug? I just would have loved to see a more premium position get drafted. But it's a seventh-round pick. I don't really care. So – yeah. And well, we'll see. I mean, look, they let go carry on Johnson because they drafted him. I mean, I think that's the only reason uh, carry on Johnson was waived. So, you know, I, I could poke some holes in it, but I-, I do like what they're doing. I think they're on the up and up. Uh, you know, I'm not going to poke the hole. I'm not going to turn the butter. Uh, I'm going to give them a decent grade. What'd you give them? I gave them an A. Wow. Really?
2: Yeah, man. This team is Listen, for a team that's rebuilding, I I can't remember, you know, anyone being as excited as a franchise in rebuild mode. Like, they're not not tanking. They're not tanking. tanking. This team has made it clear that they're
1: not tanking. Well, they're not tanking, but I would bet a sizable bet that they're going to have a top two pick in the draft next year. Uh, I do like where they're going, but I, I just, I do think that they're going to end up having, you know, I think they'll have top two, but I think for sure it'll be top five. What I like what they did is what the Houston Texans did not do. They did not take a quarterback. And I think there's a good reason for that. I think they're going to be drafting really high next year and they're going to get that quarterback. Yeah. Goff went to a super bowl, but I, He's just a placeholder here. I didn't like him on the Rams. I don't like him here. But I'm glad they got someone in here that actually has the experience and, and is a passable starting quarterback.
2: Yes, he a better placeholder
1: than like an Andy Dalton or, you know, guys like that? I don't know. They're the same to me, honestly. I really don't like Goff at all. But, again, look, for, for what they got, I mean, sure, you, you take Goff, you pay him that huge contract. And I think they end up taking a quarterback at the top of the draft next year. Maybe not the top of the draft because that'll probably be the Texans. They didn't, but
2: they didn't force anything.
1: They didn't force anything. No, I, I, not at all. They actually just took the best players that they thought were available, and and I like it. I'll, I'll give them a B plus. I'm not going to the A territory yet, though. Minus.
2: No, it's a B plus. I can't. I'm tell I'm you. saying A minus only because. Of- positions they drafted in the second and third round but i do like the players for this team this team has so many holes you really can't go wrong you know?
1: so many holes for, for sure i mean they needed to interior defensive linemen but again i mean the line i would have loved to see them take a linebacker earlier on although now you're getting my hopes up here with uh, <laughs> with with Derek barnes out of purdue I mean? i'm gonna remember it now we'll see well now we're going to the team that we started talking about at the beginning of this pod the green bay packers Their first-round pick, Eric Stokes, the second-best corner at the University of Georgia. Second-round pick, Josh Myers, interior offensive lineman, Ohio State. Third-round pick, Amari Rogers, wide receiver, Clemson. Fourth-round pick, Royce Newman, interior offensive lineman, Mississippi. They had a few fifth-rounders. They took the D-tackle out of Florida to Daryl Slayton, and they took Shamar Jean Charles, corner of Appalachian uh, Appalachian State. Two six-rounders, interior offensive lineman and linebacker and a seventh-rounder running back. So uh, while Dustin's massaging his boobs, if you're watching on YouTube, hes is that one of those things that I always see advertised that, like, punches you really fast? Do you like it? Yeah, it's great. You should go. Maybe I will. I've, I, man, my back's killing me.
2: Packers should have drafted me.
1: Uh The Packers might as well have drafted that thing. But all right, fine, let's talk about it. So uh, before we talk about the players – uh, I want to ask you a pop quiz. In the last 10 years since they won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, how many offensive players do you think they've drafted in the first round? I mean,
2: since Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl?
1: Since he won the Super Bowl, they've had 10 drafts. How many offensive players have they taken in the first round?
2: Well, they didn't take any receivers or tight ends, no running backs. So, Can I I tell you the answer? Elton Jenkins was
1: the only one. They took one offensive player in the last 10 years, and it's the backup quarterback, Jordan Love. Every other first-round pick has been a defensive player. Okay, so I have more thoughts, but uh, at least as far as the draft picks, I'm going to stick with the theme and turn it over to you. So tell
2: us what you think of their draft picks. It's so hard to really, as far as the player and Eric Stokes is, um, I get the pick. Honestly, I know some people think his teammate Tyson Campbell was better. Eric Stokes had an amazing pro day. These are the types of players that do sneak into the first round because he's got, he's got the physical appearance. And tools to become a good player. But the team that made the pick is not the team that should have made this pick. Right. Which we They all didn't have. need corner. No, they had the best corner in the league right now. So, ah, I like the players. The Packers are just, I don't even know. Josh Myers, again, same thing. Literally the same thing. You drafted him over Creed Humphrey, you drafted him over Quinn Miners. It's like, who's, who's making these decisions? I, I, I don't get it. Uh, Amari Rodgers, he's a slot receiver, which they probably should have took in the first round. Should have flipped this all around. Um, Elijah Moore was sitting right there. He's literally the perfect weapon for what this
1: team needs
2: for Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, and I think Elijah Moore does a little more than Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers actually reminds me of something this offense needs. He almost reminds me of – he has some Randall Cobb-like yes. uh, moves. And I think this offense actually, as good as it's been, has not really been the same since Cobb left. So well, I, think, I think it's an interesting pick. I, I like the pick for them.
2: Uh, but uh, Elijah Moore, I, I, I get – okay, look at Randall Cobb when he left. Or when he stayed, he was never able to capitalize as a number one receiver. I'm not saying Elijah Moore can do that, but Elijah Moore can put up numbers and potentially be a lot better than a Randall Cobb. That's my opinion. Way higher ceiling. Yes. So you wasted. If they made a different pick out of the Eric Stokes and Josh Myers picks, then this pick would make more sense. But they, to me, those were two reaches. Now, as far as Josh Myers goes, I mean. He's kind of a liability, also. He's, he's, a, he's a quick mover. That's really it. And he's an interior lineman. I don't think he's going to offer anything else. He's a center. They're obviously trying to replace Corey Lindsley, who they should have just re signed. It's just none of, none of this stuff makes sense. It's almost like they're trying to piss off Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and the fans. Um, as far as the rest of the picks go, the only pick I really did like, which is a seventh round pick, I told you, you know, when you asked me for my sleepers. I think kylan hill is one of the best running backs in this draft class and he fell but if he he probably won't get on the field unless aaron jones gets hurt so he kind of fell in a bad spot Uh, he might not even make the team because you know what what the position he's in but he's a very talented running back he's one of the best running backs that i scouted this year Uh, i love him as a player but this draft is just i'm sorry it's just awful
1: so you know Look, the Stokes thing, uh, there were a few corners I liked more than Stokes. You know, I did did think Tyson Campbell was a better player at Georgia. Uh, Obviously, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know I love Asante Samuel Jr. So I think there were other corners that would have been better picks. But I will let it go because of the pro day. Let's just say they thought he was the best corner on the board and I guess they were just sticking to their big board. But, you know, you have Jer Alexander. You actually have a pretty good second corner, uh, uh, too. His name's escaping me right now. Kevin King. Kevin King. I, I was going to say King Kingsley, I was going to say, or something like that. But Kevin King, I think, is a decent yeah, there's, there's, he's a decent second corner. I think they even have another corner they brought in this offseason that, that I didn't mind. So I, I just I feel like this was a luxury pick uh, you know, the Josh Myers pick again, like, you know, fine. I actually like a player. I mean, I, I think I like him a little more than you do. I think it was a need. And I think this is where they drafted for need where, you know, look, he could play guard and maybe one of their existing guards can shift over to center or he could play center. So I think it was a need, but it was a need that they didn't have to need because they could have just signed Lindsley. They had the money. Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't pay him. Um, Amari Rogers, I like to pick look, it's, Yes, the you could say all that stuff about the first round receivers that they could have taken there. If while you're here in the third round, I like the pick, so I'm not gonna uh, poop on it too much. The rest, besides maybe Kylan Hill, I felt were awful values. I mean, if you look at, I mean, I I had you know players I liked, but if you looked at just all the big boards across the industry, and again, we're not NFL teams out here, but you know, just none of them. Had these players anywhere near the position they were drafted? I thought they were all terrible values. I'm also going to give uh, an interesting opinion here. You know, I actually don't think the Packers needed to take a receiver in the first. It certainly they certainly could have, and they probably should have to make Aaron Rodgers happy. Happy. They should have done it last year, like you said. They could have taken uh, a lot of receivers that they that they passed on that would have been in their second year now. I think receivers in need, but look, Aaron Rodgers just won the MVP. The offense is. Fine. It could definitely be better, but it's fine. We talked in the beginning of this pod about their embarrassing losses in the NFC Championship games. Tell me, when they played the 49ers, what part of their defense lost them the game?
2: When they played the Niners, they were not really able to get after Garoppolo like they should have, but they addressed that.
1: But they got ran over that game. Remember how many yards and touchdowns? They ran for that game. And this year it was the same thing. This team cannot stop the run. And they did not take a defensive lineman until the fifth round into Darryl Slayton out of Florida, which, you know, honestly, I I thought was a bad value. I I don't think he even should have gone that high. I don't think he's very good. This team has not been able to stop the run for years now. And they just did nothing to address that. There were a lot of players that they could have had instead of Eric Stokes that would have made a big difference in that department.
2: So I get, I get you're, what you're saying and I agree with you but this is a team that's in all worlds of trouble right now with retaining one of the greatest quarterbacks in the world in league history and the reason why he's so upset is because of picks like this. That's why they should have taken Elijah Ball. Obviously, yeah. They look- do need to address the D line but honestly the the secondary pick should have been made later in the second or third round, not in the first.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I 100% agree. I, maybe I would personally be saying we need to stop the run. But if I'm in that front office, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you know, we need to stop the run. But, guys, we really need to keep Aaron Rodgers happy. So why don't we ask him what he wants to do? I think they could have gone Elijah Moore in the first. And I think they could have gone and you know they should have signed Lindsley and they could have gone defensive line the second. They could have had Brandon Ayuk last year. They could have taken more run defenders last year. So I'm That's trying cool. not to let their other decisions impair my grade on this year's crop of players that they're bringing to the building, but I can't help it because there's just there's just all around better decisions that could be made. Uh, you know the Kylan Hill pick. I know you love him, but this is a team. You know, you have to think in terms of assets. Where are you dedicating your assets? Which your assets are are your money and your draft picks. You just gave big money to your starting running back uh, that, you know, most teams don't do, but I I thought was well worth it here. And especially for Aaron Rodgers' sake, you got to keep him here. You also just drafted a running back in the second round last year. So you have your starter in cement and you have your big asset, a second round pick last year. There is the backup that actually looked pretty promising. It's a seventh-round pick, so I don't want to harp on it. But like you said, they might not even have a spot for him on this team. Why are you drafting him here? I just I, I don't get where the brains of this franchise are talking and saying, yeah, we have these other holes, and we don't even know if we have a spot for this guy in our team. But, yeah, we like him, so let's take him. You know, I just I don't get it. Nothing they did in the last two years makes sense. Green Bay – I'm saving your sheet, and it's not for a good reason.
2: You don't want to be in that
1: pile. You don't want to be in this pile. I mean, ask the Texans fans. I'm sorry, ask the Texans fan. Uh, All right, next team up. Wait, did we grade them? What did you give the Packers? Big fat D. Big fat D? (laughs) Uh, you know, I'm going to give him a C- minus because, look, uh, I'll cut them a break on Stokes. Maybe he's a player that, you know, they think he is. I, I don't hate Josh Myers, and I think the, Imagi- the Amari Rodgers, I think, was a good value. I think he'll be a contributor. I said on the last pod, it's all about the first three rounds. So, hey, maybe they got three good players here. I don't know. You get a minus. C-. Just C-. You're losing Aaron Rodgers. You get a C- minus at best. Okay. L.A. Rams. So they didn't have a first-round pick, and, uh, you know, McVeigh doesn't like draft picks. Uh, He trades them as much as he can. So let's go through their picks here. Their first pick was in the second round. They took uh, Tutu Atwell, who's, like, 150 pounds soaking wet, receiver out of Louisville, but he he sure is fast. Uh, They took, in the third round, Ernest Jones, linebacker, South Carolina. They had three fourth-round picks, which I was interested to see what they would do with that. The first one, interior defensive lineman Bobby Brown, Texas A&M. Next one, cornerback Robert Rochelle, Central Arkansas. Next one, Jacob Harris, wide receiver, UCF. That was their second receiver taken this draft. Uh, Fifth round, they took a defensive lineman, Ernest Brown. That was their second Ernest drafted. The seventh round, they took a running back, The seventh round, they took a receiver, and in the seventh round, they took an edge. For the players, I didn't say your name. If you're a star, I apologize. You know, McVeigh doesn't like draft picks, Dustin, and uh, I feel like I'm starting to see why.
2: Yeah, did you see the party house, the draft house that they had? Yeah, I mean, listen, I want to be there.
1: Yeah, I think they forgot they had a draft. I think so, too. I would, too. I would just get smashed if I was there.
2: Yeah, definitely a lot of cocaine and hookers all, <laughs> down, right? all over the place. The guy that they drafted, if he gets hit once, he might, he might disappear off the screen.
1: So, <laughs> so I, they listed him at 149 pounds. I think he bulked up for the draft, honestly.
2: If this guy runs across the middle of the
1: field and gets hit by Buddha Baker or somebody, he's, he's dead.
2: Yeah, so I'm not really sure. And there were other players on the board. This pick,
1: who's it right? remind you of? Who's that pick remind you of? Oh, Tutu Atwell.
2: Uh, Tutu Atwell. Kind of like Marquise Brown a little bit. I was gonna say Tavon Austin. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But Marquise, Marquise.
1: Who who they brought into this team and realized that he couldn't do it with him. And you know, look, Tutu Atwell is. Uh, I'm not gonna say you are Tavon Austin. I mean, Austin was picked a lot higher, and uh, you know, Tutu, you're gonna you're gonna do do your own thing. But,
2: uh, 150 pounds,
1: I just, I don't get how a receiver 150 pounds is going to survive. I mean, oh, you're going right. to get him in space and, uh, you know, I guess he's going to try to not take those dead on hits and he's fast enough to outrun them typically. But, uh, I know I, I name your name's Tutu. I know. Whatever. All right. Whatever.
2: Uh, Ernest what Jones, Ernest Jones, I thought was an uh, interesting pick as well. Uh, Jabril Cox was there a couple other linebackers were there Uh, I don't know what they were doing with that Bobby Brown is is Bobby Brown is interesting Um, not the singer, the the football player (laughs) Um, he 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 looks like he could be someone that could play on that line pretty well uh, considering they lost Michael Brockers in that trade right? I think that's what this was but that's the only pick that I really like. Uh, as far as the other guys in the fourth round, uh, Jacob Harris didn't really know much about. Um, they took a guy named Jake Funk that runs the ball. Uh, I don't know. This draft is... Just,
1: Maybe that's Terry Funk's kid.
2: Could be. He looks like him, so. You,
1: you know, I, I, I thought this was a really bad draft. Um, I did not like the Tutu two, two, owl well pick. I mean, you don't have a first-round pick, and... You know, with your very first pick in the draft, you're taking a 150-pound receiver. I mean, by the way, your depth chart a receiver, you have you have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson going to a second year. You signed Deshaun Jackson, and you took a receiver with your first pick. It's I don't understand it. And by the way, they took two more receivers after that. So I just I, I really don't understand the thinking behind this. I, I really like McVeigh a lot and I'd actually, I really want him to succeed, but I think they need to get someone in here to run the drafts. Uh, I, I don't think he understands or really manages these drafts. Well, he trades picks whenever he can. And I think now we see why I think uh, not only do I not like the two, two out well pick. I think the rest of these picks were huge reaches. I mean, none of these players were expected to be drafted where they were. Um, for the most part. I mean, maybe Bobby Brown, but but that's about it. Um, that's really all I have to say about that. I, I thought it was a pretty terrible draft. He's awful. I mean, the only
2: positive with it, of this whole thing, is that they did get Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, time.
1: I mean, again, yeah, I guess if you're going to count it like that, Wanna you got to count some Jalen on,
2: Ramsey. Put some sugar on it, you know what I'm saying? Not the sugar that they
1: were doing on draft night. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's table sugar. That's a, that's a different kind of sugar. Uh, sugar. <laughs> what, what, what'd you grade them?
2: Oh, I gave them a, like a D minus. This could
1: be it. G- I, g- I gave them a D, and I'm kind of thinking it should have been a D minus. I mean, you, you, I'm sorry, Rams. You're going in the bad pile. That was uh, not great work on on draft night. I have to say. Oh. All right, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they took. Your boy Christian Darisaw, first round, twenty-third overall, offensive tackle, Virginia Tech. They traded, uh, you know, they they traded with the Jets, so they had three first rounders. Uh, actually, they had four third rounders, but they had three after their trade with the Jets. Here's where they took with their third round picks. The first one, Kellen Mund, quarterback, Texas A&M, seventy-eighth uh, overall. Chaz Surratt, linebacker, North Carolina then they took Wyatt Davis, the interior offensive lineman, out of Ohio State. Then they took Patrick Jones, the edge player from Pittsburgh. After that, they took a running back, uh, Nwangwu, running back out of Iowa State. Uh, they took, uh, with their other fourth-round picks, a corner out of California, Cameron Bynum. They took an edge player from Florida State, Janarius Robinson, a good pick. Uh, and then they had two fifth-rounders and the sixth, where they took receiver, Tight end, interior defensive lineman, last three guys. I didn't say your name. I apologize. Interesting draft.
2: I thought they had an amazing draft.
1: You think amazing?
2: I loved every pick they had.
1: All right. You're going to have to take me through that.
2: Well, Darasol was a a
1: steal. That's for sure. That's your boy. I like Uh, that. This is what they needed.
2: needed They needed it badly.
1: It was value
2: and need. Yeah. And he should have went a lot earlier than he did. A lot of teams passed on him. Not sure why. But uh, he, to me, was the best pass protector in this draft.
1: You sold me, man. After our pod episode, I was like, you know what? For someone pro-ready, he's going to go in, like, the top 12 picks. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. So that's fine.
2: I'm sure the Vikings are very happy with it because they probably would have taken the guard that the Jets took. So. Them moving back in the draft and getting this pick, I think it was, uh, I think it was a home run. Um, I they, if they would have took him at fourteen, I'd be great. So uh, the second round pick that they made, <clears throat> I thought was it was interesting, uh, but with uh, Kellen Mond, but a uh, third round. I'm sorry, I had a brain fart. Um, they made it pretty clear that they wanted to address the Kirk Cousins situation. Uh, I think this is Kirk Cousins' make-or-break season, considering his contract uh, after the season is going to be, I think, $35 million, uh, Something crazy. Yeah. So if they don't make the playoffs next year and he plays like, like he's been, um, I think that will kind of spell the end of Kirk Cousins as a Viking. Uh, I don't think it's totally – his And his control, I've, we've talked about this before, I think that the play calling needs to, to be spiced up for the quarterback a little bit and stop running the ball so much. They run the ball more than any other team in the league outside of Tennessee and Baltimore, which I think is insane. But we'll see what happens this year. I don't think it's going to change either. Uh, Kellen Mond, is, he's the future. Uh, basically, he's going to sit or start if Kirk Cousins does not make the playoffs next year. Chaz Surratt, same type of deal. He's a gifted player. He kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, what they have there now in Anthony Barr. I think this is basically to replace him. Uh, So I thought that was an interesting pick, but I do like it. Uh, I love the Wyatt Davis pick. I think Wyatt Davis could be the best interior lineman in this draft, even over your boy Elijah Barrett-Tucker.
1: Not him, but maybe anyone else.
2: But it's a close, it's close, and to get him in the third round, I think that was a steal. Uh, coming out of Ohio State, <clears throat> Patrick Jones to me was one of my late round sleepers. Uh, love this pick, I think he's a great pass rusher. He reminds me of Leonard Floyd when he came out of Georgia. But Patrick Jones, uh, the only difference is. That he will play on the line. I don't think he'll play outside linebacker, which is fine because this team needs edge rushers to succeed on their defense. Very badly. So, you know, when they had Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin on the field, that's when we saw the best Vikings defense that we, we can see. That's when we saw Eric Kendricks play well, Harrison Smith having, you know, his, his great play. Um, so I think if this Patrick Jones pick can offer anything on the, on their line, uh, it will be, you know, something really good for them. Cameron Vinem pick, I like too. Uh, the running back they picked, I think that was a total mispick. I don't, that's the one I don't like. He, was, yeah. he wasn't really, he wasn't even on my board. So not sure what they were thinking there, but I do like the Cameron Bynum pick. Uh, I think he's a solid corner, something that's another position that they do need. I don't know if they'll play right away. Uh, they still have, I can't remember which one got in trouble, but, um, they drafted two corners last year, Dantzler and Gladney. I think Gladney got in trouble, right? I think he's the one that now is probably
1: never going to play again, yeah.
2: So promising player, but he obviously – you don't mess up. So uh, – but I do like Dantzler, Peterson. Patrick Peterson's there. So I think as a whole, I liked what they did with their draft. Um, I do think Mike Zimmer's on the hot seat because this – really. Team- yeah, I feel like the Vikings were, you know, when they had that year with Case Keenum, their quarterback, they made a splash. They spent all the money that Kirk, on Kirk Cousins, and they haven't been able to get over the hump with a better team. So I think, you know, in their mindset and everyone's, you know, in Minnesota, they're thinking that this team should be a Super Bowl caliber team. They still probably think they have a great defense. Their defense was awful last year, a lot of injuries, uh, they really need to address the pass rushing issues that they had. Uh, the Neil Hunter's it's, it's got some uh, – I think he has a, a hernia surgery or something. Coming off an injury, yeah. So if he's not able to come back healthy, they're going to need to get some type of pass rusher in here. Uh, I think that's what the Patrick Jones pick was, but I think they should go out and maybe sign one also. There's some. There's still guys out there that are have not been signed, like Melvin Ingram and Ryan Carrigan those guys, you know, those are guys that can come into a situation like this and help. Uh, but the draft that they had as far as the Darasaw pick and the Surratt pick um, and the Wyatt Davis pick, those were three really good picks that I like. The Mon pick is what it is. It's not going to help them win this year. So uh, I think they had a good draft. I, I, I gave them a B plus.
1: Okay. All right. B+. plus. I think that's fair. I, you know, I liked it. I didn't love it. Look, I, I really like the Christian Darasaw pick. Like I said, you know, I think when you can – Uh, especially in those first three rounds when you compare need and value at the same time, then I I think it's a great pick. And that's what I think that was, you know, to not have a pick again until the 66th overall pick, you know, I also want to mention, by the way, this is one of the picks from uh, the jets. And I actually think the general manager did a bad job of getting value out of the jets. I mean, I'm happy he did, but that, you know, they moved back nine spots And to move back nine spots and only get two-thirds, I don't think was good value. I would have actually preferred that they picked up a second next year, which, by the way, those draft picks are going to be way more valuable because, you know, usually the future draft picks are not as valuable as this year. But I think it's more valuable in this particular offseason because you'll actually have a combine, uh, we hope, of course. So, you know, I I didn't think they got good value on that trade. So I I have to kind of knock them down a little for that. You know, the Kellen Munn pick, you know, I guess more and more lately you can find good quarterbacks in the second and third round. I mean, obviously Russell Wilson, uh, Dak Prescott. Um, I don't know who else comes to mind. Tom but, Brady. You know, no, I'm not talking about Tom Go Brady. Go, baby. Look, everyone's played at least 75. Strikes twice in the sixth round or whatever, like a Kurt Warner or Tom Brady. But that's oh, not the norm. I think the norm is if you want a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, It's one of those premier first round picks. And, you know, besides that, I think it's really hard to make those work. Again, guys like Dak Prescott making me uh, look wrong for saying that recently. But the Kellen Munn pick, look, he'll sit for a year, maybe even two, uh, probably just one. But, you know, I kind of feel like if Kirk Cousins doesn't work out uh, this year, they're probably going to sign one or draft one in the first round. I think it's really telling that they were going to draft Justin Fields in the first round. As happy as I am for the Bears, I think that would have been really interesting to see how that played out in Minnesota. And also them sharing a division. Now they're going to have to see Fields uh, twice a year. So, you know, the fact that they let the Bears jump ahead of them, I think is going to be a real focus of this franchise. If Fields turns out to be good, that one's going to sting a bit. Um, you know, Chasarat, uh, I think that was a value pick, but I don't think it was a needs pick at all. I think, you know, like you said, I mean, maybe Anthony Barr, maybe they let his big contract go after this year, but I, I think it was a luxury pick. Wyatt Davis pick I love. Patrick Jones, the edge pick. I, I really love that pick. I think they needed that. You know, with you uh, on the running back uh, and Longu out of Iowa State, I'm, I had no idea he was going to be drafted at all, let alone in the early part of the fourth round. Not to mention that you gave Dalvin Cook a bunch of money, I believe. He got signed to a big contract, right? He or he's about it. to. No, he, he got his money. He got his money. And, you know, you have Madison there. So, I don't know. Maybe you're just going to let Madison walk since you paid Cook. And this is your future backup running back. But I thought he'll it was a terrible special,
2: value. he be a special teamer guy. Dude. I think
1: that's why. I mean, maybe. But in the fourth round? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um,
2: Actually, you know what I read about this team? They had, like, a combined, for the season, like, 75- return yards or something crazy like
1: that oh so they were really focused on it i guess yeah, yeah but you could get those guys in the sixth and seventh round uh you
2: 75 know. total yards for the
1: year. Yeah, I mean, how is that even possible i don't know yeah. i mean they are in a dome so i guess there's a lot of touchbacks but I, yeah. I i don't know uh honorable mention the janarius robinson edge pick out of florida state in the late in the fourth round I think he's a bit of a project, but I think he actually has uh, some pretty good upside. So I, I do like that pick. The only other thing I'm going to say is they didn't draft a safety, which I really thought they would uh, after they lost Anthony Harris as a free agent, uh, which was Harrison Smith's uh, back, you know, defensive back mate back there. So I thought they would draft a safety to replace that, and they didn't. So, you know, I'll give it a B. It's it's interesting, but I'm not blown away.
2: I just love the Darisaw so pick. You are right about that, uh, the Jets trade that they made. I thought they could
1: have got more in return. Um, You know, people are really pooping on the Jets for that trade too, by the way. No way. Uh, Oh, all over, all over the place. I mean, welcome to New York media. But I I can't see enough bad things about that trade, which I don't get. I mean, the only good argument I saw is everyone's saying the Jets gave up too much value, which I don't buy at all. The only thing I could understand is that one guy said, you know, you could have had – Tevin Jenkins and Christensen instead yeah. of Elijah Vera Tucker. But, um, point, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't buy that. By the way, the rumor and who knows is that if the Minnesota Vikings did not get the capital they wanted there, they were going to take Elijah Vera Tucker.
2: Um, no, I, 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 I know that. And like I said uh, when we talked about the Jets draft, they clearly knew that he was not going to be there. Yeah. That's why they made the trade.
1: Right. So you know, what else? All right, moving on to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, all right, let's talk about this draft. 28th overall, Peyton Turner, a, a little surprising, but, you know, he, around that area, he's an edge player out of Houston. Second round, Pete Werner, linebacker, Ohio State. Third round, cornerback, Paulson Adibo, Stanford. Fourth round, quarterback, Notre Dame, Ian Buck. Uh, Sixth round, they took an offensive tackle out of Kentucky and Landon Young. And the seventh round, they took a receiver, Kawan Baker out of South Alabama. So not a whole lot of picks here. Um, I have a few thoughts, but not much. What would you think overall?
2: Uh, The first round pick they made was a complete breach. Um, We've seen them do this before when they took uh, Davenport. So not completely surprised by it. Um, I feel like they had other priority needs that should have been addressed before they went to the edge position. Um, it looks it looks like what this pick was they're desperate to replace, what they lost to Trey Hendrickson to free agency, so I think that's why they went with this pick. Uh, not to take anything away from Peyton Turner and success that he had at Houston, uh, there just wasn't much. Um, he only played one year there, so uh, he only showed one. Uh, year of being drafted this high, you know he didn't play last year. He opted out, rightfully so. He pretty much made his his money on the year he had the year before. Uh, his stats did fly off the page for me, so I get the pick. So I just thought it was wasn't really what they needed to do. Um, I would have liked them would have liked to see them address the corner position a little earlier than they did. Uh, even though they drafted uh Paulson devo from Stanford, who I actually do like. The second like round, pick, the second round pick, in Pete Warner, I, I love that pick. Uh, the Mario Davis, as good as he is, is getting a little older. They lost to Alex Hands to the free agency, so <clears throat> he's a he's a three year start at Ohio State. Uh, he's a tackling machine, so excels in coverage. He's got great size. So Pete Warner was was a great player. This this draft as a whole was really deep at linebacker. Actually, now that I think about it. Uh, Paulson Debo is is um, probably the best tackling corner in the draft. Uh, he's so big. Um, he's long. He'll hold down the fort on one side of the field. Uh, his pro day was great. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why he jumped up to the round three. Um, the Ian Book quarter, uh, the quarterback out of Notre Dame, that was interesting to me um, because that kind of spells a little bit of worrisome from Sean Payton with Winston and uh, Taysom Hill behind center. Uh, we know Winston's issues with turnovers. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think Sean Payton wants Taysom Hill to be the starting quarterback for this team, even though he's getting paid a lot of money to be a backup. I think he really wants to keep him in the role that he's in And I think that the Ian Book pick is to back up Jameis Winston if Jameis Winston plays the way he did when he was a full-time starter. So it was interesting. So I don't know how that makes fans feel because I know a lot of Saints fans kind of want to see Taysom Hill get more snaps. I don't think Taysom Hill can start in this league as a full-time gig. I've always been a a bigger Jameis Winston fan than most people, Um, simply because I like the way he plays. I know he turns the ball over a lot, but I I will never fault the quarterback for making making the big throws and not being scared to throw the ball like a Brett Favre. I'm not saying he's Brett Favre at all. I'm just saying, you know, he's not afraid to throw the ball, which is not a bad, you know, characteristic to have. He did get eye surgery, too, so...
1: He got that LASIK. That's the only reason he threw those interceptions. Yeah. Listen, look the Peyton Turner pick. I, I did think it was a little bit of a reach, but listen, they don't, you know, I, I don't think he would have been there for their second round pick. So if you love the guy uh, yeah, I think there were bigger needs, but okay, fine. And if he turns out to be a great player, then you're right. And if he doesn't, then you're wrong. Uh, I do love the Pete Werner pick linebacker out of Ohio state. Uh, I just think it was just a good job of letting the ball, the board, you know, fall to them and just taking a good player at a position they can use it. And same thing with Paulson and Debo, you know, similar to the lions. I, I like that, you know, as for a third round pick, and, and I like that, I like having your second corner be that bigger sized corner, uh, especially if you already have a premier athlete as your number one corner, which the saints do. So I, I think this is a good guy to come in here and develop and also maybe match up against some big receivers when those guys come in. Um, the Ian Buck pick, I kind of have a different take than you about it. I did think it was strange considering you have Hill and Winston for this year. I actually think this looks bad for Winston. Um I don't for know both. what it means. I, for I, I meant for both. I feel like Sean Payton doesn't. Yeah, it's an confidence. indication of both. It, it's an indication he's clearly not confident that he has his franchise quarterback on the team. And I, I don't think anyone should blame him for feeling that way about Taysom Hill and Winston. Look, it's not easy to replace Drew Brees. Newsflash. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, when you draft Ian Book here, you already gave Taysom Hill an extension, uh, which I know was some salary count maneuvering, but he's definitely going to be here next year. This to me means that Taysom Hill and Ian Buck are going to be the only two quarterbacks on this team next year unless they sign some other veteran. So to me, if you're already thinking like that, I kind of feel like Winston's starting to look like not the favorite to be the starting quarterback, which would not have been my guess before the draft. I, I you know, I, I don't know. I, it's kind of hard to know what Sean Payton's thinking. I don't think anyone can. Really blame Peyton too much, or really say he made a bad pick. Look, Sean Payton has done nothing but a great job uh, running offenses since he's come to the Saints. So, hey, if he sees something in Ian Book he wants, you know, I'm going to let him take the year and develop him. And and who knows, we might be talking about Ian Book a lot
2: uh, next year. You think Taysom Hill's starting week one?
1: It's really, this is this is probably one of the hardest things to predict this season. I'm going to say yes. Uh, you know, I think that they don't need a Winston to air it out and try to score all those points. You know, they, they have a good defense. They have a good offensive line. They have a good running game. I think they want a little more of a running quarterback to keep games close and, and try to win the games by playing tough defense and, and uh, putting together a better creative offense. So I think Taysom Hill might be the starter.
2: They didn't draft the receiver until the seventh round. So they clearly not trying to develop right. a deep threat because I thought Terrace Marshall coming to New Orleans was like a – Would have been a good fit a here too. In heaven, but didn't happen.
1: Yeah, and the other, the other thing I'll say about this draft is, you know, you lost Sheldon Rankins and Malcolm Brown on your defensive line. So I was really surprised that they didn't take a defensive lineman. Uh, I thought that was something they really needed and they didn't address. But, you know, there's – like you said, there's some veteran – Uh, guys out there that i think they're gonna have to pick up i'm waiting to see when this kind of second free agency wave is really going to get going after the draft i kind of expected it to happen already and it didn't happen
2: yeah richard sherman's still out there
1: richard Sherman's still out there uh the guy i'm really looking at is uh your boy uh stevie nelson the cornerback that formerly of the steelers so there's a lot of good players out there obviously the edge players you mentioned so but before we get too off track what'd you give the saints
2: uh c plus
1: that's what i have matt c plus I, just, I wasn't that impressed but you know we'll see listen if if turner turns out to be a great player and warner is a hit and you got and maybe you get something out of pulse and Debo, and who knows maybe you have your quarterback of future in Ian book maybe we look back at this draft in two years and say wow a plus
2: they've done it before
1: we'll see all right new york giants this is gonna be a fun one to talk about they trade back in the first round. Everyone was saying he couldn't trade back, and he did it. Uh, they traded back in the first round, and with the 20th overall pick, they take Kadarius Toney, wide receiver out of Florida, my boy. Uh, in the second round, they take Aziz Ajulari, great pick, edge out of Georgia. Third round, Aaron Robinson, corner, uh, more of a slot corner out of UCF. Fourth round, Ellerson Smith, edge player, in Northern Iowa. And then they had two six-round picks, Gary Brightwell running back Arizona and cornerback Rodarius Williams out of Oklahoma State. I'm going to start this off because I have to say that I, I think what's, for me, affecting me the most when I think about this draft is what they didn't do. And they what, they didn't, what they didn't do, they traded back. And everyone's saying, oh, finally, they traded back. But you know what they let happen? They wanted – Devonta Smith don't let anyone tell you otherwise that's who they were going to take he was supposed to be a giant and they let the Eagles jump them and trade with the Dallas Cowboys to take them right out from under their nose and I like some of the players they drafted but I actually like all three of their first three picks which is what I care about the most but I can't get over the fact that they're gonna have Devonta Smith uh, on the opposite sideline twice a year against arguably their biggest rival in the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a tough pill to swallow.
2: Yeah. It's interesting though, because I don't really know why they really wanted a receiver so bad. Um, They had a lot more holes than receiver. Um, You know, they, I like the trade for them. I I think it was a great move by them. Uh, But I don't think receiver was what I, what I would have done. Uh, especially the receiver they drafted. Now, I had Kadarius Toney going in the first round because he is, you know, a special player that when he touches the ball, it's, you gotta, you really gotta watch out. He's he's electrifying, he's, he's, they say he's probably the best receiver in, in the draft when it comes to big playability. Um, but I just don't see, you know, they have Sterling Shepard should be in the slot. That's where he plays his best receiving. He does his most damage in the, in the slot. They, they signed uh, Kenny Galladay for a, a boatload of money. Darius Slayton looks promising. So I get you do draft for, you know, four or five years to come. So I understand that part of it. It's just, I don't know. It's not, it's not the position I think they should have burned the first round pick on. So... When they lost Devonta Smith, I think they should have went a different different route. But I, I'm not totally against it. But I understand. So we'll see what happens. It'll definitely make Danny Dimes' uh, job a little bit easier. He's not if,
1: Danny Dimes. He Danny has not earned that nickname. It's Daniel
2: Jones. So uh, I think Joe Judge is the one
1: that's behind the trading, not Dave Gettleman. So. Interesting. Interesting theory. I kind of wish they would have traded back again. I mean, unless you fell in love with Tony, I kind of think that was a reaction to losing Devonta Smith. I think that I agree with you. They didn't need a receiver, but where they were, had Devonta Smith fallen to them? So I think the Giants probably should have uh, given up a little draft capital and not let the Eagles do that to them. You know, also, I just think that the Tony pick was such a knee-jerk reaction that they lost out on the receiver, Devonta Smith. So they said, all right, let's just take the next best receiver we love. Look, I love Tony. He's very electric. You know, if you you really wanted a receiver, okay, maybe not as electric, but you have a more well-rounded receiver and Rashad Bateman still on the board. You have another electric player in a different way in Elijah Moore. So I feel like you could have actually traded back again, gotten more picks, filled more needs, and gotten one of those guys. Um, you know, I, I really like Tony. I was excited for him. I, I don't love the landing spot. I think he could have ended up in a lot better landing spot than the Giants. It's not the most creative offense for him. I, I just – I really didn't like that. Um so, you know, I, I think ultimately my grade for them is based on what they've been to, which is uh, take advantage. I mean, not take advantage, but, you know, just get into that bidding war with the Eagles and go get your Devonta Smith if that's who you want.
2: Yeah, it's nothing worse than a division rival jumping you, and taking the guy you want. So I think that had something to do with the pick of Kadarius Tony also, which is not a way you should draft the team. Uh, The second round pick that they made, Aziz Ojalari out of Georgia, was a, I like this pick. Um, I know he's very raw, but he's got all the tools to become a serious weapon in the league. He's got a dangerous chop that reminds me a little bit of Josh Allen uh, from Kentucky. So I think this is a great pick. Uh, He he had a lot of uh, TFLs and sacks in college, so. Um, I, I said this before. This defense is, is really growing on me. I think New York, the New York Giants, are, are their defense uh, the position, the pieces that they put in position on this team. Uh, this is going to be, this is on the verge of becoming one of the better defenses in the league. Uh, I love the defensive front. Uh, I like what they did in the secondary. Um, the linebackers finally are something to talk about. It hasn't been that way in a long time, and then. Going back to the draft in the third round, uh, Aaron Robinson was one of my picks that I thought would maybe sneak into the first round as a reach, and I actually had the Saints reaching for him, but they obviously reached for someone else. Aaron Robinson is a great slot corner. Slot corner is as underrated as a position as you will see in the NFL, similar to like what you say about the center position. Slot receivers are are a huge part of the game in today's league, and if you don't have a slot corner that's effective, you're going to be in trouble. So we, I think you
1: said is, it before. I think it's a harder position to play than boundary corner.
2: Yeah, and you're seeing a lot more elite slot receivers now. There's a lot of receivers that, you know, a lot of people know, but they don't actually know that they mostly play slot. So this is something you're going to see for years to come in the draft. Slot re- slot corners will be more and more important and more implemented in the early earlier rounds. So I thought this was a great pick to go along with uh, Bradbury and Adoree Jackson, who they really signed. So I was a fan of that pick. Um, Ellerson Smith pick for, out of Northern Iowa. Uh, I don't know much about him. I saw very glimpses of him on film. He's a big guy. He's 6'6", 245. So I think he'll you know, he'll be a project coming in. And the, the last six, six rounders, I don't know really much about. But I thought outside, I, I did like the trade that they made. I just didn't like the pick that they made with it. Nothing against Kadarius Tony. He's more of a running, like a running back playing receiver type of player. Um, but you could have also got like a Rondale Moore later or something like that. So not what I would have done, but I'm happy they made the trade. Uh, I do like the other pitch they made in Aaron Robinson and Ojalari, So I thought they had a decent draft. What did you give them? I gave them a B.
1: So, you know, I want to give them a C because, again, you know, once you lost out on Devonta Smith, I like to trade back, but I just think you never should have lost that. I mean, for what the Eagles gave up, I think a fourth rounder to uh, jump the Giants and get Devonta Smith, I think not giving up, uh, you know, a fourth and a fifth or whatever, just something more I think will haunt them for years to come when Devonta Smith is is playing great against them. So, you know, I think Tony's a good player. I don't know if they're going to use him right, but but I like the player, even if I thought there were other receivers that should have gone before him. Uh, I agree with you on Ajulari. I actually thought he would go higher just given his uh, raw skills and actually his stats in college and production as well. And I like the Aaron Robinson pick uh, also. So, you know, I, I like the first three picks. I'm surprised that after losing uh, Kevin Zeitler, and again, I'm not sure why they did, but I'm surprised they didn't try to replenish that guard position on the interior. Um, I think they could have used more offensive line help. So that's my only other complaint. So, you know, as far as the draft goes and their players, I'd like to give it a a B, but I I think the Devonta Smith thing, I just can't get over. So I got to drop it down to a C plus. Fair enough. All right. We're up to the Philadelphia Eagles. With the 10th overall pick, they trade (laughs) up, as we just spoke about with the Giants, and they take the reigning, defending, well, not defending, but the reigning Heisman Trophy winner himself, Devonta Smith out of Alabama. Second round, Landon Dickerson, center Alabama. We've talked about him a lot. Third round, Milton Williams, interior defensive lineman, Louisiana Tech. Fourth round, Zach McPherson, cornerback, Texas Tech. Fifth round, Kenneth Gainwell, running back, Memphis. Uh, three six round picks. They take an interior defensive lineman out of USC, a, a defensive lineman out of Coastal Carolina, and a safety out of LSU. And then finally, in the seventh round, they take an edge, Patrick Johnson out of Tulane. I'm going to say his name, even though I didn't say the six rounders' names. If any of you six rounders turn out to be studs, I apologize. Dustin, I already said it when we were just talking about the Giants just now, but, man, I love that move. They knew the Giants were going to take Devonta Smith. They moved up, and they got their guy. They need a receiver. What do you think of the pick? What do you think of the rest of the draft?
2: Uh, Devonta Smith was my number one receiver in this draft over Jamar Chase. Me, personally, I just like his game better. Um, I know he's not the biggest guy in uh, the position, but I think this league is becoming more – uh, evolved uh, as when you look at the college game and the NFL game, they've always been, you know, ways apart on what, what an NFL player would look like as opposed to a college football player. But now the game is so much faster. Uh, the players don't have to be, you know, as big as they used to be. Of course, it's nice to have players like Jamar Chase or DK Metcalf. But I think in today's game with the speed and size at the receiver position, we're seeing a lot more players like this uh, able to find success in the league, and I think Devonta Smith has all the tools to carry his game over what he did in college into the NFL. It's interesting because they have originally, you know, they originally had the third pick, and they traded it to San Francisco to, for a
1: king's ransom. And then they moved. Uh, they moved back to the. They had the sixth, right? They had the sixth pick and then they moved back to that. They traded with the Dolphins and they moved back to the 12th pick and then to move up to the 10th pick. So a lot of movement by Howie Roseman.
2: And they turned this into a Devonta Smith and they got a 2022 first round pick out of all that. So I think it was a home run. Uh, Roseman is known to wheel and deal. Uh, he, traded, uh, he traded to get Wentz, I believe. He did. Right? So he's always been uh, very... Uh, involved on draft day so I wasn't surprised but you know I think what, what made this even sweeter was like you said they jumped the Giants because the Giants were touted heavily that they wanted to, to get Devonta Smith so he's an all-world talent he's he comes the, the, the best thing I like about his game is he, he never quits on the field he never quits on a route he's always involved when the, even when the play is broken he, he's a go-getter he comes back to the ball He's uh, electric on the field. Uh, a lot of a lot of analysts would say he's like like I said before that he's small, so getting off the line of scrimmage could be a problem. But the thing is, you never see him struggle because he doesn't get touched at the line of scrimmage. He's very fast at the break point. Um, I just think he's, uh, he high points the boy well for his size too. So I think he has the capabilities of being an elite number one receiver in this draft uh, in this league. But it's all going to come down to, obviously, the quarterback, with Jalen hurts and see what he can do. Uh, the Landon Dickerson pick, uh, I'm a huge fan of it. I, was, um, I think this is a result of a team that's been spoiled by such offensive center play in Jason Kelsey. So I think they, more than anyone else, will know how important the center position is. does I get love so centers, much. dude. It doesn't get a lot of love usually in the draft, so the centers tend to fall. I know a lot of Eagles fans wanted to go secondary, corner but I think this pick will prove to be a very a very good pick by the by the Eagles simply because I see Landon Dickerson being this is a 10-year guy he'll probably be a pro bowler Uh, he gets to sit behind Jason Kelsey you know which is there's no one better to sit behind coming into the league the big knock on him is the two ACL tears that he had so right but in today's world, ACL tears aren't as bad as they used to be, so I'm not too worried about it. I think it was a great pick. <clears throat> uh, where'd they go from there? They went to Milton Williams, the defensive tackle, an aggressive defensive tackle. I uh, kind of liked it. He was some had him ahead of uh, on Onuorah who went to Detroit. So a little different style of player. He's more of a. Um, I think he'll be more of a like a middle interior D tackle where I think. On Wizzarike was more of a all-around, more of a pass rusher ability. Kenneth Gangwell was interesting to me. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of Gangwell's game. He's got some fumbling issues, ball security issues, a little on the smaller side. Um, I don't think he's a three-down back either, but he's he's a little explosive. He's got some good hands, but the ball security worries me. I don't think he's very well pass protection either, but maybe they saw something that we don't. Uh, the, I don't think I could pronounce his name right. I think it was Tui Pilato. I think you nailed it. Damn right I did, baby. He's a nose tackle, classic run plugger. So they double dip there. Zach McPherson. I don't think he's gonna do what uh, Eagles fans were hoping. I don't um, think so either. Yeah, I know he's really fast. Um, but I don't know if he's, you know, because they're pretty thin as uh, cornerback. So if he's on the field at all, I don't think that's going to be a good thing. So as for the other guys, I don't really know much about the later round picks. So,
1: yes, yeah, so I, I think uh, with Devonta Smith, you know, you touched upon the size thing. Of course, that's always going to be brought up. But, you know, you gave a few examples. I think he definitely plays bigger than his size. And you mentioned his ability to get off press coverage at the line. If you actually isolate, uh, the plays where receivers get pressed at the line and only look at that. I, if he wasn't number one, he was certainly a top three receiver at getting off press coverage at the line. And at his size, that's pretty impressive, especially with all the attention that, you know, he's getting from these NFL caliber cornerbacks across the sec. So I'm not worried about him at all there. I did have Jamar chase as the, as the best receiver in the draft, but, but I love Devonta Smith and I just love that they traded with the Cowboys to jump, the Giants. I mean, you really don't see that every day. Uh, kudos to Howie Roseman. You know, I said I, I said on a prior episode, I've always been a big fan of his. I don't love where the roster is at now, and I think he has to get the blame for that. But uh, but just a masterful job as always of navigating the draft board and getting up and not just getting your guy, but knowing what your competition is going to do and jumping them to make sure they don't get their guys. So that was a great two for one. Landon Dickerson, I put a little heart next to his name on my notes here because we've talked about him a lot. Great player. I mean, the ACL tears are scary. You know, I don't think he's going to be sitting uh, very long behind Kelsey. You know, either I think Kelsey's not going to be on this team somehow, some way, or, you know, if Dickerson's healthy, and we'll see if that's the case in the beginning of the year, but he's too good a player to be on the bench. They'll they'll get him in there somewhere, and he'll fit in on that offensive line. You know, the Milton Williams pick, I didn't like as much as you. Uh, I thought it was a reach. Uh, I think there's just, you know, like you said, I don't think he's an all-around player, kind of like you hinted. And I think those kind of players really should have gotten later than the third round. You know, I really looked at the third round as the last of those premium picks that I really want to get a better player at. So I don't love Milton Williams. I thought uh, Zach McPherson, also another reach uh, at the cornerback position. I think that was more just they knew they needed it, you know. Uh, So... I uh, I don't like it. Uh, I don't know. You know, yeah, he's really fast, but it just to me, I, I didn't like anything else about his game. And I think those types of players are worth the gamble in the later rounds. So, uh, you know, Kenneth Gainwell, I thought was interesting. Look, I think he's a good receiving back. I think you're right about the free down work. I think he's a really good receiving back. You know, Miles Sanders can catch the ball really well too, but you got to have more than one running back in this league. Uh, who knows if they're going to end up ever signing. Miles Sanders to an extension. So I think this was a good add, but you're right. If he's going to be a, a passing down back, he's has to shore up that pass protection. That's going to be hammered uh, in training camp early with him, or he's going to get hammered. You know, the rest, uh, I don't know too much about from their six round picks, but yeah, but, but, you know, the seventh round pick Patrick Johnson is a guy I actually expected to go earlier. I was looking at edge rushers because I really wanted the jets to get one. And Look, this guy, there's a reason he's going in the seventh round, but this guy's got some pass rush juice. I mean, just remember his name. I, I think year one, he's going to be in on sub packages trying to just just do nothing but pin his ears back and getting after the quarterback. So I'm interested to see how that one goes. Uh, you know, overall, I, I love the first two picks. I don't really care so much for the rest of it, but, but I do love those first two picks, and I just love – the way they jumped the giants to get devonta smith i mean the giants thinking they're going to have devonta smith and now they're going to play him twice a year i just thought that was masterful so really for that alone and the landon dickerson pick you know otherwise i'd give them a b b minus but i'm going to give them a b plus wow it's, I, I, I i love the i love the I guess, jump to I, smith
2: if you put it that way yeah but because i also think when they i think they kind of like they ruined the whole entire Plan for the Giants, and I think for sure, I think that played a huge part in their selection. Kadarius Tony,
1: the I Giants really. were, as they call it in poker, on tilt, yeah. So, I think they you know all
2: about that. Nah, I'm good at poker, man.
1: Oh, well, we'll, we'll see about that.
2: You're gonna call me with Jack, huh?
1: <laughs> You're disrespecting the game, man. But what would what, what you grade the Eagles draft?
2: Uh, I'm gonna go with a C. Plus.
1: Yeah, I mean listen, if I'm just looking at the players alone, I mean, as much as I like the first two, I'd probably go B minus. I just uh, I love the way they uh, moved up for Smith and I love Dickerson. So maybe you my B plus. He
2: played he played the cards tremendously well. Right. I mean, which Devonta, which he always does. you get you're getting Devonta Smith and a first round pick next year. So next year they'll have two first round picks and they pretty much drafted a top you know, a top ten player this year. And they didn't lose
1: much, so. Right, they, I mean, really, when you look at their first two picks, you could have said, hey, this is the first two picks of someone that's probably picking very early in the first round, uh, maybe even earlier than 10th overall. So, you know, you have that. Like you said, the first round or next year, we can't call that as part of this draft class. But listen, the Eagles need to rebuild. We've talked about this. Go back to our NFC East episode. This roster is in much worse shape than uh, what the media has been talking about And they needed picks, and they needed players, and Howie Roseman got both. I mean, if I'm the owner and I'm thinking Howie Roseman's on the hot seat, I just think this draft alone, the way he navigated it, got these two great players like Devonta Smith and uh, Dickerson, who could be Pro Bowl-caliber players, and to have two first-round picks next year, and who knows what he does the rest of the year, maybe with uh, Kelsey or someone like that. I got to respect it. I got to let him keep doing his thing.
2: Yeah, well... This team is going to be totally, totally blown up. So I, I project, I'm project, i projecting a ton of trade, a ton of veteran Eagles players to be shipped out of town. I know they just signed, I think they signed Ryan Curry.
1: They did do that, which I thought was really curious. Hey, maybe he's just like, um, let him, let's see if he has pass rush juice and I'll trade him too. I, I don't know. I, it seemed like a move for a contending yeah. team
2: a good way to put it if he shows anything. they can Right. Get
1: something. And, you know, why not? Because it certainly looked like a move for a contending team, not the Eagles, that really just have no shot at winning many games this year uh, unless that quarterback starts to uh, play a lot differently than he played last year as far as passing the ball goes. All right.
2: Talking about Nate Sudfeld?
1: or Of course, Nate Sudfeld. He's in the competition, didn't you hear?
2: Gotta get those snaps.
1: Gotta see what <laughs> yes. we got. Gotta get those snaps in. Uh, by the way, I'll add... Uh, you know, I'm a little surprised. No developmental quarterback for the Eagles. They talked about bringing in more competition. I, uh, so, you know, we'll see.
2: Yeah, it is funny. They, Howie Roseman called them this, the uh, quarterback factory when they drafted Hertz.
1: Yeah, how'd that work out? We don't know, man. It worked know. out well for the Colts. We'll see. All right. We go all the way to the San Francisco 49ers. I told you so. And when I say I told you so, I say I told you so. They were not trading up all those assets to take Mac Jones, McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's. They were doing it for the elite athlete, Trey Lance. That was my prediction. They did it. They did that with the third overall pick. Okay, second round. Don't worry, we'll talk more about Trey Lance. Second round, 48th overall, Aaron Banks, uh, interior offensive lineman, Notre Dame. Third round, they trade up for running back, Trey Sermon out of Ohio State. I got strong thoughts here. Also in the third round, Ambry Thomas, cornerback, Michigan. Then they had three fifth-round picks. They took uh, Jalen Moore, offensive tackle out of Western Michigan. They took um, Diamador. Diamador Lenore D'Amador. that's such a cool name uh, c- c- cornerback out of Oregon uh, no idea who that is and then they took a oh you're the guy she like,
2: loved yeah, Talanoa yeah, Hufanga or
1: D'Amador Lenore I love his name and then there's the safety out of USC Whew. did they do this just to mess with me Talanoa Hufanga and they had a it w- they
2: they should me. be
1: Oh, yeah, and they took a sixth-round running back, Eli Mitchell, out of uh, Louisiana Lafayette. I forgot about that little guy. All right. A lot of disrespect. I just threw out some players I don't know, so when they're stars, they can make fun of me on Twitter, and I will gladly take it. What do you think of this draft? What do you think of the Trey Lance pick? Just give me all your thoughts.
2: Uh, Trey Lance is – this is a gamble, and the Niners look like they're – all-in with Trey Lance. I don't know where this leaves Garoppolo. Um, it's it's weird because I get the trade, but I don't get the pick because I, Trey Lance is so raw as a, as a quarterback, you know, coming into the league. So if he's on the field year one, the odds are not in his favor to be successful As like, you know, like a Justin Herbert, you know, that's aiming high. But I'm just using that as an example. This team is not far off as a roster from a Super Bowl contender. Problem is, I mean, Garoppolo did go to the Super Bowl. I know he's had tremendous health risk uh, injuries. And it's kind of derailed this franchise to where they want to be. You know, two years ago, we were all in on the Niners. This was the team they had, you know, Garoppolo looked like he he was uh, headed into a very promising career. And that changed in in an instant. So now here we are, the Niners traded up, and they drafted Trey Lance. Listen, he's got a cannon. He reminds me of, like, a Cam Newton. He doesn't have the accuracy like Cam Newton. But the biggest thing I see here, this guy is definitely not ready to be on the field right now. He's... I think he's had – I think he just had over 300 pass attempts for his college career, which is the lowest total that we've seen in the last 40 years. So that's scary to me, uh, especially when you're investing so much into this pick. Um, we don't know. There, This is going to be – this is the most interesting pick of the draft by far. It's the biggest question mark. This could be a home run, a grand slam, and this could be uh, a strikeout all in all. So uh, we'll see where this goes. And then everything else from down here was was all scheme fit picks from Aaron Banks uh, to Trey Sermon to even some of the later picks with the names that we can't even pronounce. But with Aaron Banks, you know, he's a, this guy is molded for a zone scheme fit and which is what the Shanahan's pretty much, uh, they've created that type of offensive scheme. So, He'll slide right in. He's probably going to take over for Laken Tomlinson, who I think is a free agent. So that, that's where this was going. But I love his game. You know, he's very fast. He's a uh, great run blocker. So he'll, he'll definitely be opening holes for Mostert. And now, which brings me into my next pick here, is Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon was interesting because uh, he was he was projected to be, a, you know, this, this great college running back and, He's kind of the jack-of-all-trades, with master-of-none type of thing. He's perfect for the fit. Uh, he's a zone-scheme runner. Um, he didn't offer much in the past game, but I'm reading that he, he can actually play a three-down role. So we'll see how that goes. Um, they lost Tevin Coleman and Jared McKinnon in free agency, so I think they wanted to replace that. Plus, Mostert has some injury history behind him. So if Mostert goes down, I think you'll see Sermon hit the field. Um, he's not the best, uh, pass protector though. So that, that, that was, um, something that I, you know, that's important in this league, but his contact balance is good. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that works out. I, I don't think he'll be taking carries away from most but he might be spelling. Him. So that was the reason for that pick. So the other guys, uh, the tackle they drafted, I, I forget his name, but, they're just drafting some depth there. No, Jalen Moore, they're, Western Michigan. Jalen Moore, Western Michigan. He was an interesting pick. Um,
1: <clears throat> say, say his name. Which one? The next guy. Diamandre Lenore. Is that how it's said?
2: Diamandre? No, I butchered that one. Diamandre
1: Lenore. Lenore. God, I hope this guy is a star. I love his name. Um, yeah. Don't know really much
2: about him. Uh I don't really know much about it either of these guys, to be
1: honest. Talanua Hufanga. Some serious names there. Yeah, maybe at the end they were just like, let's just pick the coolest names. Serious
2: dart, though,
1: Fun fact. Uh, in Dustin Nye's high school football league, there was a not well-known player at the end of a fantasy draft where a guy in the league said, I'm just going to take the co- The guy with the coolest name. You remember who it was? Priest Holmes. And he came out of nowhere and took the world by fire. So, hey, maybe the 49ers are like, take some cool names, get some cool talents. I don't know. Um, In all seriousness, look, the Trey Lance pick, you know, I'm coming around on a big time. I I think if you ask me before the draft, even before the trade, you know, what team can Trey Lance go to and have success and have success early? New England. Oh, no. I would, say, I would say San Francisco. I think that it's a good team, like you said. He's got It's got a good structure around him. It's not a bad team he has to carry right now. And, you know, look, Trey Lance, like you said, there's just not a lot of experience there. You don't really know exactly what you're going to get. But you know the upside, which is extremely high. It was arguably the highest upside out of any quarterback in this draft. And he can run the ball very effectively, which Shanahan said he wanted to do. So you know he's crafting some stuff for him there. And, you know... For what it's worth, I mean, his accuracy issues being what they are, this guy did not turn the ball over. So, I yeah. mean, okay, he, he only had so many snaps. Bro- but No, but even as like a, on a rate of turnovers, his rate of turnovers is very low. He was very protective of the football, especially when he went down into the red zone. So, you know, I think if he can mimic that in the NFL and he could run the ball effectively and take those deep shots after they're running the ball so effectively – I think he could have success early, but the best part is he doesn't have to. I, I think, look, Jimmy Garoppolo has done some good things when he's on the field. But the most important thing for a player is availability. And this guy is just not available. He just gets hurt too much. Uh, you know, some say with freak injuries and not you know, necessarily injury prone, but who knows. And, you know, maybe Jeremy, Jimmy Garoppolo stays on the team. If, and if he stays healthy through training camp – there's no reason that Jimmy Garoppolo shouldn't be starting and let Trey Lance sit. I am the wheel, sure that heals he
2: really have to fall off for this kid to come in year one. though.
1: Uh, you know, unless they just trade Jimmy Garoppolo to a desperate team and get some draft capital, but I don't think they do. I, I think they let Garoppolo start. And by the way, I'm sure there'll be special packages for Trey Lance week one. I think he'll be. I think he'll be on the field. So, but I think Garoppolo is a starter. If Garoppolo gets hurt, it's just the natural progression that Trey Lance will come in anyway at some point. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it lands up. And in a, a, I don't even know if it's best or worst case scenario, Trey Lance sits for the year, has his special packages, and takes over next year. So, you know, I'm totally fine with the pick. I love the landing spot. Um, I'm looking for big things from Trey Lance and from Mike Shanahan. You know, the rest you said, they were scheme fits. and, And I think the 49ers did a pretty bad job of, knowing the draft board and knowing when they could get guys. I mean, Aaron Banks, you know, I, I looked through some mock drafts after this pick, cause I was a little, I was very confused by it. I didn't think he should go there. And I looked around at a lot of mocks and look, sure. These mocks are from, you know, online personalities and not necessarily NFL teams, but I didn't see him at any point go earlier than a fourth round. And in most, I saw a fifth or sixth and, and some even later. So I don't think they needed to do this with a second pick. There were a lot of really good players still on the board that they could have had, so I didn't like this pick. Trey Sermon, to me, this guy has to be a pro bowler or it's not worth it because you traded up, you gave assets for a running back in the third round, a premium pick, and you're Mike freaking Shanahan you're the Shanahan zone scheme. Like you said, you could find running backs under your dining room table and make them thousand yard backs. I mean, they've done this their entire career. So, uh, you know, I just don't think it was necessary. I mean, he must've really loved him to do this. And if he's a pro bowl running back fine, but if he's not, uh, you know, I just, I think they could have gotten running backs later in the draft and made it work. Um,
2: He's not taking Mostert's carries, though. Mostert is one
1: of the. I love Mostert, man. I- I'm a huge fan. But again, this is, what, an undrafted guy with with great speed that they were able to put into their zone scheme. He was on, like, three or four teams before the 49ers. So uh, I love Mostert, and Mostert's starting for sure. Uh, and you need a one-two punch, and Mostert's not going to be long for this team. He's not going to, you know, be on this team longer than maybe this year and maybe next year. Uh, so, you know, we'll see um Ambry thomas the corner out of michigan i thought was another reach i mean it was a need they needed corner you know maybe they bring back richard sherman but uh man dustin your eyes just lit up so fast when i said that name um but you know Ambry totally thomas it, that's sure. every- look i i think it was a reach so i don't love it the rest of the guys i don't know much about uh I'm, but i am now officially a huge fan of Diamodor lenore And uh, you know what? I'm a big fan of Talanoa Hufanga also. Sounds like Umanga. Umanga. R.I.P., man. So I am not a big fan of the draft. They took another running back in the sixth round, by the way. Just come on. Just take more premium positions. And by the way, if you like Eli Mitchell enough to draft him, don't draft Trey Sermon. So whatever. I really didn't like their draft, but – I do love the aggressiveness to go up and get your boy Trey Lance and put your whole reputation on his back, Mike Shanahan. So I'm cool with that. Really didn't like the rest of the draft. What'd you give them as a grade?
2: Uh, this is tough. I uh, I gave him a C. Yeah,
1: I uh, if it weren't for the Trey Lance pick, I, I might be in the C-minus territory. Because they went up and got their guy, I'll give them a C-plus, but... Even that I'm not so comfortable with because I just I just think – I don't think they did a good job of getting value and the guys they wanted. They could have had the guys they wanted and really good players. I mean, go look back at the draft board and go look at who was on that board when they selected Aaron Banks. And let's do that again next year and the year after when all those guys become stars. And listen, Aaron Banks might be a really good player for them if it's a scheme fit, but they, they could have got him in the fourth, in my opinion.
2: The thing with this that's interesting to me, though, is it- – Trey Lance is playing. They're going to have to open up RPOs, which they don't really have with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, like, you're changing a lot here. It's yeah. such the two totally different quarterbacks. So that's why I was shocked at this pick. That's why I also had them taking Justin Fields because I think he fits their offensive scheme much better. But uh, they must, you know, really think that this is going to blow up in a, in a positive way, you know, similar to uh, Josh Allen when the Bills – really wanted him and that worked out tenfold. But Josh Allen's game is, is a little, there's a lot more different than Trey Lance. Trey Lance is more of a run first quarterback. Not to say that Josh Allen doesn't run the ball, but he's developed into, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league.
1: Yeah. You know, listen, he, he, he said he wanted to, uh, Mike Shanahan did that he wanted a running quarterback. So I think he wanted to add this element to his offense, but you're right. I mean, you're not going to do that with Garoppolo. So, you're kind of going to have to have like the second little mini playbook for Trey Lance. If he were to come in and, you know, listen, it'll be interesting to see how it goes year one. And I don't know, maybe they can get real draft capital uh, for Garoppolo. I don't know, man, the Texans. I mean, I guess they have David Mills, uh, but uh, look, there's going to be a desperate team somewhere that wants a quarterback and yeah, uh, yeah, maybe someone goes down to training camp. I hope not, but maybe it opens up a spot somewhere for a Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't know if they could get a second-round pick for him. I think they should do it. But uh, all right, I want to put this my notes for the 49ers in the bad draft column, but you know what? Because of Trey Lance, I will put it in the middle column, and I will keep them out of the basement. All right, next are the Seattle Seahawks. I think I could do this all in one breath here. We have three draft picks total. They didn't have a pick until the second round, 56th overall. Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver, Western Michigan. Didn't have another pick until the fourth round where they took Trey Brown, slot cornerback out of Oklahoma. And they didn't have another pick until the sixth round. Stone Forsythe, offensive tackle from Florida, my spot. So that's it. That's the whole draft class. I don't even know where all their draft picks went. I can't really make sense of that. Uh, it would take a little more research to do that. Jamal Adams. Oh, yeah. Well, Jamal Adams was a huge part of that. Uh, thank you, Seattle, from, from all Jets fans. Uh, how'd that work out for your defense last year? Not oh, great. It'll
2: work out next year.
1: My yeah, we'll see. And then they're going to have to pay him like a top five defensive player. Right? That's what he said he wanted. You're yeah. going to get it. All right. Uh, what do you think of Dwayne? Eskridge? El Presidente. He is the El Presidente. What do you think of Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver, Western Michigan?
2: Why? What are we doing here? Uh, he, he fell in the draft because he's 24 years old, but just a speed guy. And that's really all he is. He's a nine route receiver, which they kind of, I guess they were trying to, what they're trying to do is replace. Uh, David Moore, who was one of Russell Wilson's favorites, but he's gone. And I guess that's where this was going with this. Um, who was Who did they pick after that?
1: They took Trey Brown. I mean, we'll just go back and forth. It's three picks, you know, Dwayne Eskridge. I like the player. I like the value. Um, I think it's a good fit, you know, for a deep ball receiver with Russell Wilson's moon ball. Um, you know, and like you said, they needed that third receiver to to replace uh, players that left. So I, I actually like the pick. I think they had bigger needs. Uh, I think this was more of a luxury pick. But, hey, I think you're trying to make Russell Wilson really happy because there's been rumblings that Wilson doesn't want to be there anymore. So unlike the, not green- the
2: receivers, because he's running for his no, life.
1: It's, yeah, it's not because of the receivers. But you know what? I'll tell you what I'm really excited about with this pick. You know, they moved on from uh, Schottenheimer as offensive coordinator, finally. And they brought in a guy from the Rams that came from under McVeigh. I can't remember his name right now. Their new offensive coordinator, it's escaping me. But, you know, you bring in someone like a McVeigh disciple and you add in a third receiver, is it going to happen? Are they going to let Russ cook? Let's go. Let Russ cook. Let him do his thing. And you know what? I just – it's hard to believe that Pete Carroll will ever do it because he's 100. And when he was a kid, you know, running the ball was everything. But I think this is it. I think between the offensive coordinator and prioritizing a third receiver, they're going to do it. They're going to let yeah, Russ cook.
2: They'll do it for four
1: games, and then they'll go back to what they were. Yeah, That's what they did last year. No, this is it. It's You're at the end of Russell Wilson's career. He's the only reason you have a shot to win a Super Bowl. Let the man do his thing. He, he got Ciara. He could do anything. Oh, God, I love Ciara. Remember Goodies? Yes, I do. It's mm. great. Remember the music video? Great
2: music video.
1: Great music video. So let Russ cook. I'm sure Ciara does. Yeah,
2: Come Ciara to wants them. to move to L.A.
1: Hey, that would, that would be interesting. That would be cool if they got him instead of Stafford. All right. That's Dwayne Eskridge. Trey Brown, slot corner, Oklahoma. Go.
2: I actually like this pick. Uh, he, he fits the Legion of Boom type of um, build. He's a big guy. He's physical and he bodies people at the line of scrimmage. I, I thought this was a good pick. And I think he'll, you know, they, they lost, I think they lost Shaquille Griffin in free agency. So they, they definitely needed to address this position. Um, l- listen, the, this team has not had the same defense that they did in the past that we're, we're all accustomed to. So I think they are trying to get back to that mold because I think they do want to run the football. So that's why they paid a heavy price for Jamal Adams. Uh, they've tried, you know, different things with players like Jadavian Clowney and uh, they still have Bobby Wagner there. I don't think KJ Wright signed with anyone yet. He might be coming back. I know he said he wasn't going to take a hometown discount. So, Um, I think this defense is going to be better next year. And I think this was a a great pick for them because I think he actually will be on the field. So I I was a fan of this pick. So I think Jamal Adams uh, with a full season, with a season under his belt, not a full season, but with, you know, getting acclimated with the team and everything else, I think this year you're going to see a much different Seahawks defense in in a more positive um, aspect to it. And I do think Russell Wilson will continue to hand the ball off. He will throw the ball. But once, you know, things start getting hairy, Pete is going to go right back to running the football. Just can't – he can't – he can't not. So as far as the – I think it was the six-round pick. They drafted uh, Stone Forsythe out of Florida. They did. I, li- I like this pick. I thought this was an underrated tackle coming out of the, uh, the draft. I know it's, you know, it's late in the draft, but – uh, he protects the quarterback very well. He's a huge, huge guy, six foot eight, I think. Um, I thought this was a good pick. It's a nice start throw for them, for a team that had. This is probably the best offensive line they've had in in many, many years. So low bar, huh?
1: Really low bar, though.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying. At least they're addressing. I know
1: it's a six-round pick, but... Yeah, I don't know if six-round is addressing it. Um, You know, I I, look, I I watch Forsyth. I mean, he's a six-rounder. I think that's what he is. I don't really know if he's going to be any good. I don't think you can think he's going to be any good. But, you know, he's got the physical attributes. Uh, He's got the pedigree from the SEC. So, you know, maybe they'll make it work. Uh, Going back to Trey Brown, yeah, I I like the pick. I would have liked to see then pick a corner that plays more than just a slot. But hey, you and I talk all the time about how valuable that slot corner position has become. He's got a size that a lot of slot corners don't have. And I think that makes sense because a lot of the slot receivers are getting bigger too. You have the fast ones, but you also have some big ones too. So, um, you know, I I like the pick. I I think they did what they could with three picks. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to give them a bad grade because they had three picks. It's you, you could only well, do. I
2: something. don't. I'm not a fan of the second round pick. I know you are. I just didn't think that this was a really deep wide receiver class. I think they should have went somewhere else with that. But
1: I, I think they just had bigger roster holes. And I think if I had three draft picks and their roster does have a good amount of holes, I'd be trying to trade down. You know, I'd really be trying to get more bodies in the building. So I was also pretty surprised they didn't. uh elect to draft a pass rusher with one of their three picks i mean again they only had three picks um they did end up signing actually alden smith uh after the draft so uh, you never kn- oh yeah he's already in trouble though so who knows if that's gonna last and <laughs> that didn't last that didn't take long um you know and they signed Kerry hyder away from the 49ers but i still would like to see them select a pass rusher i don't even know how you grade this draft off three players what'd you do
2: uh, I gave them a C because I didn't like the first pick. I like the other two picks. Like you said, it's only three picks. I mean, you can actually factor in that, you know, Jamal Adams is part of this draft.
1: Oh, in that case, it's a D minus. El Presidente. I, I can't yeah, wait. whatever. I'll give them a, a D plus or C minus because they should have gotten more players out of this. You know, they could have used uh, some youth infusion at a few other positions that they didn't address. But hey, Dark
2: horse. NFC champs right here.
1: All right. I mean, hey, if you let Russ cook, it could happen. But I just, I don't know. I look at this roster and I don't see it. All right. We have to do it. We have to talk about the Super Bowl champions of the world. Goat, baby. There's no goats here. It's just the Tampa Bay Buccaneers returning all 22 starters. Never seen that before in my life. With the 32nd overall pick, they take edge rusher Joe Tryon. Second round pick, they take quarterback Florida. Yeah, that's right. I said trash. The third round pick, they took Robert the offensive lineman Notre Dame. Fourth round, Jalen Darden, wide receiver, North Texas. Uh, Fifth round, KJ Britt, linebacker, Auburn. And then they had two seventh round picks. They took a corner out of BYU. They took a linebacker out of Houston. If you guys become stars, my apologies. Hey, you know, when you return 22 starters on your team, you're not asking any rookies to come in and be a starter, which is very rare. So here they are. I guess you have to say they're drafting all depth, which is the best position you could possibly be in. What did you think of the draft?
2: This was interesting. I, I usually, like, if you look at the Chiefs draft and what they did, because you have to, fact, you know, the Chiefs are, you can call them, you know, Super Bowl champs from a year or two years ago. Last year they were in the Super Bowl. But when teams have rosters like this, you look at a team like the Chiefs and the way they drafted, and you look at a team like the Bucks and the way they drafted, two totally different drafts. The Chiefs got better. The Bucks didn't. Uh, I, I, I I wasn't a big fan of this draft at all. I wouldn't have really went edge rusher. I know Jason Pierre-Paul, I think, is probably not going to be here very long. So I think that's what, what the, why they went with the edge rusher and Joe Tryon. He's got
1: to be old now. I feel like he's been in the league forever. Yeah, but he's still a good player. And he is. I know his contract is, 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 uh you
2: know, he gets paid well. So that might be someone who might not be here after the season. So I think that's... The solely reason why they went there. They also have Shaquille Barrett, so this this not like they don't have pass rushers here. Um, <clears throat> I probably would have maybe went uh, maybe uh, offensive line early, or maybe even drafted uh, some somewhat secondary players. But okay, I know Jai Trion is, uh, Joe Tryon is a uh, he was all over the the map when he when it came to what people think of his game. So. He's got Ben, he's got tremendous pass rush ability, but is he going to be on the field? And is he going to help a team like this get better? Because it's not, it, there's not a lot of areas where they can get better, but it would be nice to have, you know, there are some uh, quality players that out there that could have helped them. So I thought maybe running back would have been a position that they could have went with, or maybe a player like a, a Rondell Moore. Well, I think, I think he was on the board. Uh, Rondell Moore in an offense like this is scary. So that's a pick that I would have done. Um, then they went with uh, the, the backup quarterback. I hated this pick. Tom Brady's not coming off this field. Tom Brady's not – has no plans to retire. Um, I mean, he just won a Super Bowl. What better way to go out than after winning like Peyton Manning did? He obviously is not leaving. He's, he's going to be back again. I think he just signed an extension, actually. Yeah, he did. So this is a wasted pick. I, I, don't, I didn't even like uh, Trash coming out of college. I feel like a lot of his uh, um, stats and his numbers and his game was all inflated by the weapons that surrounded him. 100%. In so, yes, it's nice to sit behind Tom Brady, but we've seen this happen in New England. This kid's not touching the field. Tom Brady's not giving him any reps. How so- many
1: times did New England draft Tom Brady's successor? <laughs>
2: Brian Hoyer's still there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. That guy's just had his career earnings It's just unbelievable. Good for you, Brian Hoyer. So it, it just, I guess,
2: um, Bruce Arians didn't get the memo on this, but you're not going to see, you're not going to see a backup play. You know, even if Kyle Trash comes in, if Tom Brady possibly gets hurt, which he doesn't really get touched ever. Well, and anyway. you don't have to forbid that. So, I don't know. Wasted pick for me. Um, where did they go after that?
1: Robert Hainsey, offensive lineman, Notre Dame. Okay,
2: depth piece there. He'll probably get moved on the interior, but this is just a depth depth piece. I don't really see anything out of this. This whole draft, I mean, it was just kind of. I I know. I like you said they have twenty-two returning starters. So we're realistically, where? But I would have liked to see them go after some maybe skilled position players because those are the guys that can get on the field and actually make a difference. And they didn't really do any of that.
1: You have thoughts on Jalen Darden, the wide receiver out of North Texas?
2: Uh, it's a, it's a dart throw. It could be something. It's a, uh, it's a surprise pick for me too. I, like I said, I wish they would have addressed this position earlier.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'll I'll tell you what I think Uh, the Joe Tryon pick. I I don't hate it. I mean, sure. A corner would have been interesting, but like clearly, you know, they like this guy. He, I didn't expect him to go in the first round, but he was getting a lot of buzz as he got closer to the draft because like you said, his bend and just his athletic ability, you know, Hey, giving Todd Bowles an extra pass rusher, it's probably not a bad thing. It's uh, you know, they crushed Patrick Mahomes with his shoddy offensive line in the Super bowl. And they saw all of a sudden the Chiefs build arguably the second or third best offensive line in football, at least on paper. So they said, Hey, let's just get another pass rusher so we could get after Mahomes again next year in February, because that's where they expect to be with Tom Brady. You know, it's when you see teams with quarterbacks this is late in their career, like the Steelers, for example, is a good example, you go all in for the Super Bowl. And I know you have 22 starters returning, but how does Kyle Trask help you this year? How does he help you next year? Tom Brady's not freaking leaving. I've been praying and begging and hollering for Tom Brady to go away and it won't hey, happen.
2: You left your division.
1: Yeah, I mean at least there's that, but and he just he's not going to go away. He's not going to go away until someone takes that Lombardi trophy away from him and for the most part no one's really been able to do that. So, you know, Tom Brady sold his soul and he's reaping the rewards right now before he goes to hell for eternity. So, you know, look, in, in, a, in one scenario, Tom Brady keeps on playing and Kyle Trask doesn't see the field. Uh, you know, in another scenario, you're saying that Tom Brady's only going to be here for one more year and then you're going to move on to Kyle Trask? I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know.
2: I think they're banking on Trask sitting behind Brady as a mentor. Right. You're Brady saying,
1: hey, is. hey, Kyle Trask, you're sitting behind Brady. You're going to learn from the greatest, right, because Tom Brady is so keen to share snaps.
0: Hell uh,
1: no. do he won't even share a practice snap. So whatever. You're going to watch Tom Brady and just take notes, and then you're going to come in and be our next Tom Brady because we don't have a quarterback to compete there. You know, listen, I'm a Gators fan, and I watched Kyle Trask way more than I wanted to he's an infuriating player to watch he he loses games it's what he does he's you're right his stats were totally inflated by the players around him but when he needed to come through he never came through so i just i really don't like him
2: the other went, interesting part about the pick is he he went he went before some other quarterbacks that were definitely better than him.
1: I mean, we laugh at the Texans for David Mills. I'd rather have David Mills than Kyle Trask, for sure. I think Mills has higher upside. Not anymore, because he actually went to hell uh, with the Texans. Okay. But uh, but I think he would have been better on the Bucs with this receiving core. You know, uh, the offensive lineman in the third round, like you said, depth, sure. Let him stand behind the starters. And, you know, maybe in a couple of years, if it goes right, he'll be a starter. You know, the Jalen Darden pick, I didn't hate. Look, first of all, you know, I think they have great receiver depth. So – uh, you know, I don't think they needed receiver. Um, Gina- well,
2: they, Godwin's on uh, franchise tag. Franchise, and tag. Antonio Brown's on a one-year deal.
1: Right, but you got uh, – uh, who's the guy they drafted last year? Tyler Johnson, who I like. So, I mean, okay, fine. You got Mike Evans under contract, who is still only 27, by the way. Mike Evans, people, just entering his prime. Uh, just really one of the all-time greats and just – Is somehow underrated to me. I, you know, I I think he's amazing, but, um, you know, Jalen Darden is an interesting fit. He's, if he's like anyone, he's kind of like Tutu Atwell. He's the same exact,
0: yeah,
1: and he's that fast. I mean, he's the same exact player to me. I might even like his actual natural ability, maybe even a little more than a Tutu Atwell. And to get him in the fourth round with, uh, the Rams taking Tutu Atwell so early. I mean, this is where you take a player like that. So, sure, go nuts and take him there. Um, you know, KJ Britt, linebacker out of Auburn. Sure, again, a depth piece. Let him train up and, and do all those things. You know, I I don't really have uh, strong thoughts on the rest of these guys. Corner, uh, Chris Wilcox out of BYU and linebacker Grant Stewart out of Houston. Uh, I don't mind the pass rusher pick first overall. But besides that, you know, yeah, I didn't really like the draft. I think – Uh, You know, when they say time will tell when it comes to drafts, I think that's especially the case here because we're just not going to see these players play much. I think Tryon will get plenty of sub package snaps and I think we'll see him play a lot and we'll see if he has that pass rush juice. If anyone's going to get it out of him, it's going to be Coach Bowles, who's just really a phenomenal defensive coordinator everywhere he's gone except for his one stop, as head coach of just a terrible roster with the Jets. So, you know, overall, what what are you going to give this team? C-minus. Yeah, I see. I mean, it's... They didn't do
2: anything to help.
1: Yeah, you're, you're, you you'd know, I, maybe the try-on pick makes you a little better. The rest of it's not going to make you any better this year, maybe not even the year after. Unless Jalen Darden can carve out a little uh, niche role, that'd be kind of cool. But uh, I'm not going to put it in my worst drafts category, but it's close. All right, let's finish strong with a strong draft. The Washington football team. I'm just going to, spoiler alert, I freaking love this draft. Let's, let's, let's go through it. First okay. round, uh, Jamin Davis, linebacker, Kentucky. Second round, Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle, Texas. Third round, Benjamin St. Juice, cornerback, Minnesota. Third round, Diami Brown, wide receiver, North Carolina. Uh, fourth round, John Bates, tight end, Boise State. Fifth round, safety, Derek Forrest, Cincinnati. Sixth round, Cameron Cheeseman, Cheese a long snapper out of Michigan. As you see on the interwebs, he snaps the ball longer than they normally snap it. Uh, and then they had three seventh round picks. So they had a lot of picks here. Uh, they took Will Bradley King, defensive lineman out of Baylor. They took Shaka Tony, edge out of Penn State and they took wide receiver Dax Milne, BYU. I even said all the seventh rounders this time. That's how much I like the draft. I'll let you start. Take me through it.
2: Jamin Davis
1: was, uh, some would say, a reach, but
2: this guy can jump out the gym. He's an athletic freak. He had a ridiculous pro day. <clears throat> I think he broke he broke the record for uh, the vertical jump for an all-ball linebacker, actually at the highest grade ever. This guy is a three-down linebacker. And when I was doing my mocks and my projections for who they would go take, I had them going for the kid from Notre Dame. Uh Jeremiah O'Wolson Kormora, who obviously fell because of his size. This is the next man up. So uh, kudos for them taking who they wanted, but I'm glad they addressed the linebacker position for me, that's the pretty much the only hole they had on their defense. Their defense is, like I said, in the in so stacked, the, they're going to be a top five defense for sure. Um, then they went with uh <clears throat> Samuel Cosme, the tackle from Texas. Uh, he's he's a big boy, six foot seven. Uh, He moves well. Uh, I I don't know if he'll start out a tackle. Um, We'll see how it goes there. But I think this was another position that they should have addressed and they did. So they were right in the positions of need that they went with. And he's a fast-moving big man. He's he's got violent hands. So I I like this pick. Uh, It gets better from here. Uh, The St. Juice pick, I I liked. I was a big fan of that, too. Um, He's... He's all over the uh, his opposing uh, receivers. He's very handsy. He um, fits the Ron Rivera mold, which was a perfect fit for his landing spot. So getting him to the third round was was a perfect fit. Uh, it gets better. Uh, Deami Brown was a very underrated player out of North Carolina. Um, he jumps off the screen when you watch uh, his game film. Um, he gets behind defenders. So
0: yeah, he does. All,
2: this is a this is also another perfect fit because Ryan Fitzpatrick loves to air that thing out. So um, I was a big fan of this pick. uh, Some of the other later picks that they had, I was a fan of Derek Horst at Cincinnati. I think he's a good player. That's another position that's not, I know Landon Collins is still there. And I I think the other one is Deshaun Everett. If I'm not mistaken, I might have that wrong. I think he's on the Ravens. Um, I, I forget who the other safety is off the top of my head, but, I like this pick. It's a depth piece. So someone that could maybe, you know, come in if they had some issues there. I also like Shaka Tony out of Penn State. Shaka Tony is a physical freak. Penn State just breeds uh, spark players and he's just one of them. So I thought this was one of the better drafts. Um, they really, really did a great job in Washington since Ron Rivera has came over there. Uh, since from hiring coaches to the Roster they put together, their defensive line is stacked. Their secondary is good. Uh, they addressed the linebacker position, so they they actually got better on defense. So but the only sad thing about you know I'm a big Ryan Kerrigan fan. I wish they would have kept him there, but they didn't. They wanted to just stay the course with young young talent and Chase Young and Monty Sweat, Theron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Uh, those are that that's the best front. Uh, that you'll see in the league this year. So um, this this team looks – if Ryan If Ryan Fitzpatrick has a magical season again, this team I, – I have them win. Yeah, this is going to be – this is the most exciting team in the league.
1: to make. Yeah, it'll be really exciting to see what they do this year. You know, I agree about Kerrigan. I mean, just from a sentimental standpoint, I mean, he's done so much for this organization. And now for them to be in a position they're in where – you know, I do think they should be the favorites in the NFC East. And like you said, if they catch some Fitz magic, you know, you don't know how far that could go in uh, in January. So I would have liked to see him on this team, but I get it. I mean, they have such a stacked defensive line. They didn't need him. But, man, to see him go to the Eagles uh, on a team where he's not going to yeah. win, yeah. you know, yeah, it's a sad ending. But uh, so I would have liked him to stay here. All right, let me go through this draft and my thoughts. Uh, Jamin Davis, you know, I uh, – I, I love this pick. Uh, I really do. I, I can't recall if we had him in our first round in our mock, but if we didn't, we should have, because this guy is just such a freak athlete. And by the way, I mean, just look at Ron Rivera's history of linebackers he's drafted, uh, especially earlier in the draft and even some later. I mean, there are, his early linebacker choices are all pro bowlers. So this guy knows how to pick them. He knows how to train them. And he knows how to play them. And I think Jamin Davis is going to be a star. And for them to have such a need at linebacker, and for them to potentially get a star linebacker behind this star-studded defensive line, I mean, I think this defense just got a whole lot better, which is scary AF.
2: Scary Terry.
1: Um, yeah, What's yeah, it's scary Terry. You know, the second-round pick, Samuel Cosme, I, you, you mentioned his size. Uh, for someone with that size and to play the way he did, I actually expected him to go a lot higher than this. I thought this was an amazing value. You know, we'll see if he stays at tackle, but if he does, I mean, this guy has a shot to be their week one starting left tackle. So mm-hmm. imagine they get Jamin Davis to shore up the only weakness really on their on their defense, especially their front seven. And then to get a starting left tackle later in the second round, I mean, That's, that's impressive. So look, Cosme has to live up to the height of uh, what I'm saying, but, but I think he definitely has it in him. I think it was well worth the gamble. I thought the Benjamin St. Jew, the cornerback out of Minnesota, uh, I think was a good value. Uh, I won't say great. I mean, I expect him to go in the third round, but I thought this was a good value. And like you said, he just, he just fits the Rivera scheme, Uh, but it was also a good value. So I really like that pick, you know, De'Ami Brown, I know the online draft community just absolutely loves this kid. I mean, and like you said, I, you, you could see why. When you watch his tape, it, he's running behind the defensive backs. Uh, you know, he's one, he's but he plays bigger than that. You see him, uh, you know, going up for contested balls. You know, his ability, when he, by the way, when he's running deep and to track that ball down into his hands is arguably second to none in this draft. So there's a lot of strong traits there, you know. I think uh, when you see his routes, uh, as very few routes that he ran that were closer to the line of scrimmage, and then you look at his um, his scores from I always say the combine, but it's not the combine for this year, but uh, from his pro day, you know, I think he's a little slow off the snap. I don't think he has the short area quick. So I don't know if he's that all around receiver that you're really going to ever see be a starter in this league. But he could certainly take the lid off and certainly be a contributor. And you know what? At 82nd overall, uh, I don't hate it, especially with all the attention that's going to go to Curtis Samuel and Scary Terry, like you said. Uh, You know, this is an interesting component to add, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or anyone else. And Logan Thomas. And Logan Thomas, your big boy at tight end, the, the converted quarterback. So, you know, the rest of this draft, we'll see. I mean, I didn't really like the John Bates pick, the tight end out of Boise State. I do think Forrest, the safety at Cincinnati, is a good player. Uh, you know, you took a long snapper in the sixth round, but his name is Cheese Man. Jeez. So, you know, this, you just know that the fans are going to love this guy. Um, but in all seriousness, I, the Shaka Tony pick, like you said, just dripping with upside, and that's what you want with a seventh-round pick. So, you know... I don't know about the other guys, but, but I just love this draft. I I think the football team got a lot better. You know, the only thing which I'm not even going to say is a negative is I think they definitely wanted to take a quarterback at some point in the first couple rounds. And I just think the board didn't go their way for that to happen. So I'm not going to knock them for, you know, Going right. on tilt like the Giants and just right. taking any other quarterback. If the quarterbacks you want are not there, because I think there were quarterbacks they really liked, because if you listen to the words coming out of the football team front office uh, leading up to the draft, they want, they said, we want competition for Ryan Fitzpatrick. We are not saying he's the starter, but there's no one else on that team that's challenging for that spot. So I think they really want to draft someone and it didn't happen. And that's okay. They will play with Ryan Fitzpatrick this year. If he plays great, maybe he'll be back next year or not. This team is good enough to lure a veteran. I mean, imagine like Russ Wilson coming to this team or, or something like that. So, uh, or, or an Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm saying all NFC quarterbacks, so probably not, but maybe a Deshaun Watson. So look, I, I think there will be quarterbacks to lure here next year, or you take one late in the first round or you know mid to late first round next year. So, uh, so I don't mind that they didn't select the quarterback. I just think that was a goal of theirs that they didn't get to do, but they didn't force it. And I think they really just had a phenomenal draft. I think I'm going an A.
2: Definitely. I gave them an A. I just want to touch on what you said about them not drafting a quarterback. So this that means that this is Ryan Fitzpatrick's team. He's the right. face of this franchise. So he's in the driver's seat, and he's not looking over his shoulder. So that is really interesting. because First time
1: in his career, maybe.
2: Yeah, he. This is his team, and not only that, he's a he's a veteran quarterback. He doesn't have a lot of years left. So, but Ryan Fitzpatrick plays his best when he's, you know, he knows this is his team. In my opinion, so I feel like the Dolphins, he felt like that was his team, even though Tua was there. Tampa Bay, not so much. But when he was. You know, when he was in Miami, the fans, the, the fans were, and even the Jets, he had, he, he set records.
1: Oh, we loved them. Absolutely so loved
2: Those them. were his teams. So I think him, he's going out there to win every game he can. What better quarterback to put in that position than the guy that's known to have magic when he's put in that position? So... This is the most exciting team in the NFL this year, in my opinion. From Ron Rivera to Jack Del Rio to the front seven that they have now to the quarterback to the receivers, the, the whole thing. The, the name of the team. You're going to believe. The, the only bad thing about this team is their owner.
1: So. Oh, God, I hate Dan Snyder. He does not deserve to have this good a team. But but I like everything else about the
2: football. Mr. Schneider.
1: Mr. Schneider. All right. So what I have here are three pages of what I believe to be the worst drafts in the NFC. Let me know if you think I missed any. I have the LA Rams. I have the Green Bay Packers. And I have the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, pick one or pick another team that's not in here while I try to decide who had the worst worst draft here.
2: Uh, I really didn't like Tampa Bay's pick draft either.
1: You think they're – okay, I'll add them to the list.
2: Um green I know baseball. mine. I hate to say it. Shall we go? N- for the NFC?
1: Yeah. We got. I think it's the LA Rams. I really didn't like their draft. They just they had the picks to do some damage, not a first round pick, but man, I just I, I don't think they got any better at all. I think they might have actually gotten worse.
2: Yeah, I mean two two out well is not really gonna do Ugh. it
1: for you. Hated it, hated. It. I mean, right. hey, maybe we're wrong, but I just it just feels like Tavon Austin and 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 not even Tavon Austin, honestly. So yeah, and yeah. I didn't like the rest of their picks. I thought the rest of their picks were reaches too. Uh, just didn't like it. Um, yeah, the only thing is with that, though, they didn't really have a first rounder. So yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. And if you, and if you say that that was part of the Stafford deal, I mean. Can I say maybe then it was the Green Bay Packers? I want to. I want to say the Green Bay Packers had the best draft, but I actually like some of the players they picked, just maybe not where they picked them. And, may, and, and I don't like who they didn't take, who they should have taken in, at, at their first couple rounds. So I'm going to stick with the L.A. Rams as the worst draft. I mean, Seahawks, honorable mention, because you had three picks. I don't think you got much better. but uh, I mean, I'm going I guess, with Tampa Bay. You're going to go Tampa? Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, I get you returning twenty-two starters, but you didn't make your team better in any way possible. The quarterback with Kyle Trask is a wasted pick. It's not going to see the field. Wasn't the best quarterback on the board when you took him. Joe Tryon wasn't the best edge rusher on the board when you took him. He could possibly—he's arguably the best one, but not even a first-round. Great for me. Uh, I thought they could—they have – should have went addressed the skilled positions: the running back, the wide receiver position. And they didn't even tight. really needed a running back. Yeah. I mean, Ronald Jones and Fournette, I don't think they're going to be here after the season. They're
1: both on their last year of their deal or one year deal. So Sean
2: Vaughn, out of I don't remember where he went to school, but he was a third round pick last year, but I really would have liked to see maybe go away. Uh, Rondell Moore, like I said, who's was an explosive slot receiver, which is perfect for Tom Brady or running back. There's a lot of running backs in this draft that were drafted. Even in the later rounds, um, I thought, you know, getting a skilled position player for a Super Bowl winning team will make you more explosive on offense. And they missed the boat with that one by drafting players that are not going to help them. Maybe Joe Tryon can help them a little bit as a rotational pass rusher, but the the, wider, uh, the quarterback pick with Trask was a waste for me. Um, they addressed the skilled position later in the draft, but I mean, that's a North Texas college player. It's probably not going to really mean much, so.
1: I thought they might've taken Williams out of UNC with the 32nd overall pick at that yeah. fifth year option, you, you know, to use up the running back mm-hmm. on their first contract. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. Um, so, all right. I mean, I have the Rams, you have the Tampa Bay Bucks. Let's talk about the best drafts in the, uh, in the NFC as you flex your Hollywood Hogan muscles. I got the Washington football team. I got the Detroit lions. I got the Carolina Panthers, and I got the Chicago Bears for getting their guy uh, fields and then following it up with Tevin Jenkins. So who do you think had the best draft in the NFC? I'm down personally to the Panthers and the football team. I'm trying to figure it out, who I liked more.
2: I'm going to go with Carolina. I think Carolina had probably – they had one of the the best drafts this year. Uh, I know the JC Horn pick was a little bit of a surprise for going over 13, but I get it. You know, they're, they're a one and, uh, a two for me. They were neck and neck. I like 13 a little bit better, but I also love JC Horn. So I was okay with that. I love the Terrace Marshall pick being reunited with, uh, his college coach. Um, not, uh, yeah, Joe judge. So not Joe judge, uh, Matt Rule. No, not Matt Rule. The the OC in Carolina. Oh, Joe Brady. Joe Brady, sorry. Um, <clears throat> I love that pick. You know, he gets to use uh, Terrace Marshall again. Um, he had great success with him uh, prior, and now he gets to come into the NFL with Joe Brady, and I think that was the perfect landing spot. But more importantly, they capitalized on the fall of Terrace Marshall's draft stock. Because of a leg injury, that's nothing serious. So I think that's the only reason why he fell. Also because the wide receiver position was stacked this year in the draft. But Terrace was a lot talented than most of the receivers that went before him. Uh, I love the Brady Christensen pick. I thought he was the best value as a tackle for later rounds. uh, And they scored there. And the tackle was a position of need. I had them taking Christian Darasaw in the top 10 picks when I had my mock-up which I know people thought was crazy. But we've seen crazy picks in the drafts many, many times, and that was why I did it. I thought the tackle position was the biggest hole that this team had, and they hit a home run in a later round. So I thought that was probably one of the best picks in the draft. I love the Davion Nixon uh, pick, the tackle out of Iowa. Um, I love the Chuba Hubbard pick because they need some depth at the running back position. They lost Mike Davis, and Christian McCaffrey obviously had Uh, injuries last year so it's always nice to have a backup this team never really did have backups there until Mike Davis was came on the scene so all all in all they they really I love what Matt Rule's doing over there Um, this team is really turning a corner and I love that Sam Darnold is going to get another shot because I was a huge Sam Darnold uh, fan coming out of USC I thought he really had a promising career ahead of him unfortunately he landed and hoop show of a franchise sure, in the New York Jets. So I'm really excited for the Carolina Panthers.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm very excited for them. I love what Matt Rule's doing, but I'm going to give the best draft in the NFC to the Washington football team. I, mean, I, I think in their first three picks, they have uh, three starters and Jamin Davis, Sam Cosme and Benjamin St. Jew. I, I think especially the first two, I mean, if you're talking about a, what I think is going to be a Pro Bowl linebacker in Davis. And I think probably your day one, uh, week one starting left tackle uh, in the second round in Samuel Cosme, uh, I think that's huge. I think Ben St. Jew is going to be a starter with their first third-round pick. And their second third-round pick, you know, De'Ami Brown's obviously not going to start over Curtis Samuel or Scary Terry. But but I do think that, uh, you know, he's a dynamic weapon. Uh, That was not a play on his name that kind of looks like dynamic. But I think he's a dynamic weapon for them to add to what's already now like a great receiving core uh, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Man, Dustin, with with that hair you got flown, we're really in the red hood zone now. So, uh, Washington football team, you get my best draft in the NFC. And all right, let's just wrap this up right now. Let's do the worst and then the best draft in the NFL. So we have, for the worst, you know, in the NFC, you got Tampa. I got the Rams, and you all know who had the worst draft in the AFC. It's the Houston Texans. So say it, Dustin. Who had the worst draft in the NFL?
2: I really don't want to do it. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. Like it doesn't – they're not even – I'm saying this in the nicest way possible. This is not even – an NFL team at this point. Everything it's just
1: awful. It's just terrible. I uh, just, I can't get over the fact that they did a quarterback.
2: nothing against It's nothing against the player. It, it, no, it's, it's not. This team should not have been drafting a quarterback unless it was a top five pick. This is a third round pick.
1: They're taking a quarterback next year. next year. It's just insane. I mean, you know, look, I'm sure the kids are going to get some run this year and they're going to, quote-unquote, see what they got. But then are they really going to pass on a top talent with a first or second overall pick next year? Of course not. Not just that. So, pick, though. The trade was the bad. The whole team was bad. The whole draft was bad. Trading Texans, for, for trading. You know, for Nico Collins, like you traded – I actually times. like Nico Collins, uh, so – But but, but, what uh, but you're trading? why are you trading – Why are you giving draft? up picks? Why are you giving up picks? I, I, I don't know, man. You were the worst team in the NFL coming into the draft, and now to have the worst draft, uh, it's a rough start to a new regime. But uh, there's the Houston Texans for you. Okay, best draft. I believe we had the Chiefs as the best draft in the AFC with the Jets maybe right behind them as an honorable mention. And now we have the Panthers and the football team. So let's call it between the Chiefs, the football team, and the Panthers. Who you got?
2: This is tough because I like the – I mean, the Chiefs are obviously the best team in the NFL. So – Can't let that play into your pick here. You can though because they they escaped getting better through the draft. They also got Orlando Brown. Right.
1: uh, It's tough, man. I'm going Washington football team. I love this draft. I I think we're going to look back on this draft and say, "Wow, they already had a good roster, but this is now this is why they won a Super Bowl, or this is why they almost won a Super Bowl because of this draft." And
2: uh, huh? No Jets?
1: I really love the Jets draft, but, you know, in the AFC, I, I got to give it to the uh, – I got to give it to the Chiefs. I mean, I think they just nailed it out of the park. So when I'm, when I'm looking at the Chiefs and the football team, who it's down to for me, it's close. Uh, like you said, I think the Chiefs just like to plug their holes that they needed to to get back to a Super Bowl, which is where they're going if they stay healthy. Um, well, I don't know. I love the Bills. But, but I think the Chiefs did exactly what they needed to do for their team to get – a good amount better, which they didn't need to get a whole lot better, but they did. Mm
0: -hmm. But if I'm
1: just looking purely at the draft, I'm just, I'm staring at this football team draft. I'm staring at just value after value, after value, after value, and maybe then a miss, but then another value, uh, you know, so uh, I'm going with the football team. I think they added the most starting caliber players to their team, plus some good depth. Uh, that will be able to be trained by just a great coaching staff and a great organization minus the owner. So I'm going with the football team. I'm I'm
2: going with the chiefs, man. I I just keep looking at it. I mean, Nick Bolton solidifies
1: their linebacker
2: hole and he's literally a a perfect fit for this team. He's he's a three down linebacker. He doesn't need to do too much because of all the talent that's around him. Um, The Creed Humphrey pick is a home run. Uh, he, was, he could have been a first-round pick. They stole him in the second round. He was the final piece to their offensive line that got so much better. Uh, now it's considered a strength. Uh, I love the Cornell palpic pick. I think he. it's a scary uh, landing spot for a receiver like him. I think he actually will have a better career as a chief than Sammy Watkins did. Um, so if he could be anything better than Sammy Watkins, pair him with Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and then the burners they have in DeMarcus Robinson and Nicole Harden, it's just not fair. This offense is already not fair. The offensive line makes it almost impossible to stop because Mahomes is going to have all the time in the world throwing the ball, which is when he's most dangerous, as we see time and time again, and you have to factor in that they traded with Baltimore which was so stupid on their part because they got Orlando Brown and this team is almost going to be unstoppable on offense and their defense got better. Uh, this is the best team in the league. They are the front runners for the Super Bowl again. Uh, they sh- They probably should have won last year, but obviously all the off field drama plus the offensive line issues caused them to Tom Brady to get another ring. Uh, who knows? Maybe he had something to do with all that.
1: He sold his soul. I told you already. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I don't hate to pick. So, you know, just a, just a funny thing I was just thinking about. I mean, you picked the chiefs, I picked the football team. Everyone talks about how devalued linebackers are in the first round. And yet we're saying the best two drafts in the NFL picked a linebacker in the first round. So I don't think that's why we picked the chiefs in the football team, but uh, for the value and the, and the need that they both had, uh, I I think those were great picks. So there you have it. Uh, Your, your best drafts in the NFL. depending on who you ask, the Chiefs and the football team, Mm -hmm. Dustin, that concludes our draft coverage. Now we're going to start to get into the second wave of free agency and more news coming out. And uh, there's some voluntary camps coming up that we could talk about, uh, which we'll see how many people show up, but, but that'll be fun to talk about. So some exciting things ahead, man. I'm really pumped. I I kind of, I kind of feel like we just rounded second base. Uh, I know it's a baseball reference, but I feel like we just rounded second base in the offseason and we're we're making our way home to football being back again. And and I'm pumped about it. All right. If you want to talk about it, you want to yell at us, you want to cry with us for the Houston Texans. Anyway, uh, you can hit us up on Instagram at New Age Footballers or on Twitter at NA Footballers. Come argue with me. They come argue with Dustin, who's holding up a cup with the Texans logo on it. Uh, so, uh, I don't, you know, <laughs> come on, Texans fans. Just bring it, baby. Yeah. Texans fan. I'm sorry. Come on, Texans fan. Just, just bring it, man. Uh, until then, we will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. We out. Peace.